the remembrance speaks to us of the importance of centrally located jump points and federal holidays in the month of April. Who wrote this? The remembrance is about honor and the wisdom of the victorious. Who is writing this? I will not read this. I will not read any of it. Of whom do I need to challenge a trial of grievance for this monstrosity of words? This is Of Mechs and Men. I am Kanan Hill, joined, as usual, by my two good friends, Brent. It's me, Brent. And Aaron. It's me, Aaron. And also, three bartenders from the Valhalla Club podcast, Mike the Viking. Howdy, Skull. Ben, Bourbon Kleinfelder. Howdy, howdy. And Matt, the Northman. Well, hello. Not only that, but we are joined by special guest, Jason Hansa. Good evening. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. This is incredible. I can't believe it. So this is the second part of The Remembrance of Warrior On Guard. But yes, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. We have invited them on to discuss, of course, Warrior On Guard, Warrior Trilogy stuff, of course, and uh, also just general podcasting. These are our guys. This is uh, They're from the Valhalla Club podcast. If you haven't heard it, check it out. It's great. We love these guys. We're glad to have you. And also, I wanted to say, Aaron will be asking the questions. So, without further ado, let's kick this thing off. Let's get into it. So as we just said, we've all gotten together here to talk about Warrior On Guard, the Battletech community as a whole, and the content creation within the Battletech. We're going to break that up as we go on, but let's get started here with getting to know who we're sitting down with today and everyone's introduction into Battletech. We can get started with Mike the Viking, <laughs> threw you right under the bus there. Yeah, you oh. do. <laughs> the old, yes, the old introduction to Battletech. How'd you? So how'd you get started with Battletech? The uh, obligatory. We talked about this. We got to do it to him. So I got into Battletech without knowing it was Battletech because I was in what middle school at the time. I went over to my buddy's house, and him and his dad were super into the Dark Age clicks. Oh, cool. Which is hated by 90 plus percent of the community (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so my intro to the universe was what i did like i said i didn't know it was battletech i just thought it was mech warrior but it was the dark age clicks and i still have all those units in my garage oh cool (laughs) i've got the ring to turn the infantry dials i've got the original special equipment card the original rule book i've got all that stuff and i refuse to get rid of it i never played that it looks cool It's most similar-ish to Alpha Strike, but it is definitely different. But So that was my intro to the universe, and I know this is a book club, 
And now I'm a fan, right, of the books. <laughs> but growing up, I hated to read. Like, <laughs> hate. <laughs> but I got so into this game, both with the Dark Age clicks on the tabletop and then Mech Warrior 4 Mercenaries. Yes. I fell absolutely in love with it. And then my buddy that I was going to his house all the time, he had some of the Dark Age novels. The first Battletech novel I ever read was number one for the Dark Age series, which was Ghost War. Ghost War. And I read that in three days. (laughs) Nice. I went from never reading to reading a whole novel in like three days. A whole novel? (laughs) Whole novel. That's faster than we cover it. (laughs) (laughs) the i was reading i think like the next like the book number two or maybe number three i come from a big camping family right and we we go camping and i'm reading this book and my mom's like why don't you go outside and play i'm like really the one time i'm reading a book really in my entire life and you're telling me to put it down (laughs) okay but no my intro to the universe was dark age clicks MechWarrior 4 Mercenaries. That's also why I absolutely love Duncan Fisher because he's amazing. Solaris. Solaris, yes. (laughs) But yeah, that's the gist of my intro into the universe. So, and then, right, I get get into high school. Growing up happens. So I stopped playing for years on end. Um, And then I rediscover MechWarrior Online. And then that was while I was stationed in Italy. And then played that on and off, came back to the States, and then came down to Colorado. And that's when random Googlings landed me on the Invasion Kickstarter for a late backer. And it hasn't stopped since. So, <laughs> yeah, back to that. Joined the Colorado Springs Battletech Facebook group. And it's been a blow up ever since that moment. So, and, and here we are now. What a journey. It started pretty level, right? Pretty pretty standard. And then it dropped to a zero. And then my nerd and self. Now you have a podcast. Now, and then my nerd <laughs> self Googles something. And then by the parabolic explosion. And here we are. So that's that's me. And how about you, Bourbon? How'd you get started in all this? I think I talked about it at one point, but I'll come up to it again. It all started over a girl. I got into a fight with a guy over a girl. And then we both agreed that we liked each other better than we liked a girl yes. and we liked to hang out together. So we started playing Battletech and uh, that yes. was like 1989, 1990, I think. Let's go. And uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and then I just, I played for all the way up till probably when the clicks came out, Mike. That's because right. everyone quit during the clicks. I could yeah. go on, man. Yeah. 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 I, I played all the way up till the clicks came out. Like if we ever hang out in person, I will play a game of clicks with you. I'm actually, Dude, hell yeah. I want to know now, now I'm going to be sending you all the photos and of, <laughs> the rule book was so small, but dude, I'm about it. So yeah. if you started in 89, were you reading the books and stuff back then too? Yeah. So my first Battletech book that I read was uh decision at Thunder Rift. And uh, I think it was like the, on the first or second printing or something like that. And um Yes. That rules. They had just come out with the second edition box set that had cardboard standees and stuff. And they were just starting to produce Ironwood's medals. have just started to produce minis back then with the blue blister minis were all over the place. So 
Yeah, so we started playing. I mean, we were playing almost every weekend. We were, I was using my lunch money to buy Max, you know, and, <laughs> you know, it was it was a good time. And then uh, I, I took a break around the clicks time. I was like 2005, five, six, somewhere in there. And then uh, life happened. I had kids and doing dad stuff. And then I got back into it when I was overseas just playing Mega Mech because that was the only community I could find was Mega Mech communities. And uh came back from overseas and kind of got roped into doing some some writing stuff and then uh just started reaching out looking for somebody to play with because my hometown where I was living at in Virginia wasn't uh didn't have a big scene. So but uh yeah so I got into it then and then uh I took a job out in Colorado and I knew Charles Gideon from Wolfnet. We'd hung out a few times uh at some of the various conventions. I reached out to him and said, hey, man, I'm looking for communities in Colorado. Uh, is there anything going on? He's like, uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff going on. Talk to Matt, <laughs> talk to Mike, talk to Dave, talk to, you know, just gave me a whole rundown list of people. And then uh, it's kind of just blowing up from there. So the funny part about that is uh, like the community was already established before we knew Charles lived here. <laughs> right. Oh, that's so funny. He's kept it <laughs> on the download pretty well. <laughs> he has and then and then we learned of it and blew it up he's like a closet <laughs> once we learned he was like here especially like in colorado springs we hounded him and, and roped him into it so that's funny good work <laughs> and how about you northman how'd you get into all this yeah so mine is a slightly different twist on the story so I was definitely a kid of kind of the late 80s, early 90s, Saturday morning cartoon fever. So if you're that old, you know, whatever, you, you live yeah. through it and you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so I I was watching Saturday cartoons and started watching this one called Exosquad, which I don't know if you, any of you have even heard of. Exosquad. Uh, af- yeah, it's, a, it's kind There's of a like a whole the, interesting thing. It's it's a weird, I mean, it's like different, but it kind of like linked into, and I'm not sure how far afterwards they did the Battletech animated series, but it's like, it's kind of like, uh, you know, the exoskeletons and everything. Anyway, I was, I was instantly enthralled with that show. And then there's like aliens that like fly around in these exosquads. I I totally forget like what it was like, but I, I was totally enthralled as, you know, a 10 year old or whatever. And so I got enthralled to that, and then somehow my next door neighbor got a hold of one uh, a copy of Mech Warrior, the very first Mech Warrior computer game, and I, you know, got the old series of floppy disks out and started chucking <laughs> those in in my home computer, you know, the old DOS program. So that was awesome. Started playing that and got got hooked in that way. Really liked the animated series, and then I found out oh, there's this this actual game that you can play that. You know, I was on the on the tabletop, so I started playing that. And then when I finally got into the actual lore side of it, lo and behold, there's more to Battletech, which is awesome. The first series that I read was the Blood of Krinsky series by Stackpole, which I'm sure will never be covered on this. No. <laughs> I'm so excited about it. Oh, it is. I, I mean, I, I loved it, and I still do. And I, I just love that kind of the introduction, the interjection of the Krins coming in as this 
this uh, this invading force and it really disrupts a lot of the inner sphere and how they react to it from kind of the different great houses and the whole Jamie Wolf trying to get everyone and everyone's like, we'll help or no way, you know, all the all the different <laughs> things. So I'm sure you guys will cover that all. But, you know, I, I really love that series and really kind of read everything up to Civil War. I kind of had a, a phase where I didn't play the, the game or, or wasn't really linked in for a while. And then when I moved to Colorado uh, about three years ago, and just happened to hear about the the Kickstarter from a, a brother of mine, and and uh, so kind of got linked back into the game. Now back into the lore and everything, and and then I heard about the community starting up, kind of growing in Colorado. So got linked into that, and it's just kind of blossomed from there. And so I predominantly kind of work on kind of game organization, event organization, but I, I really love the whole, you know, the whole universe before kind of in that time when I wasn't playing with Battletech, I, I really loved like Dune, uh, that yeah. series of books that kind of yeah. is this like mm-hmm. grand space, <laughs> yeah. you know, political yes. opera. And, and that is Battletech to me. It's like this, this totally. kind of cogs of the universe. And then you can kind of like fit in wherever you want in these cogs. And so I, that's like, it totally drives interest in me, like kind of brain wise. And then, uh, you know, the testosterone gets pumping when you, when you're like blowing stuff up on the board. So that's kind of how I got into <laughs> it and, and why I still love it. <laughs> Dune rules, Dune. Yeah, it does. Dune is, it's very Battletech adjacent. Ornithopters. <laughs> totally ornithopters yeah that's that's straight like, up Battletech. <laughs> yeah is it to the for no i don't no not really <laughs> <laughs> i never thought about it See, like, dune is new to me my my intro to dune is the hbo series like i'm i'm very singular focused i like <laughs> one thing and that's just Battletech. <laughs> so <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that man wait hold on Star Wars uh, is Mike, excluded. There's wait, I'm the HBO series. Wait, hold on. I I hold on now. I haven't, I haven't read I the need books. to clarify. I hold on now. I only I read Battletech books. Do you mean do you mean the sci-fi channel series that they did? The mini series? Which whatever I watched on TV within the last twelve months <laughs> was Kyle it. McLaughlin in it. Was it uh, was it was sure, it the I don't movie? Even know. Was it Dune the film from <laughs> Was Captain Picard? Yeah, Timothy it? Chalamet, <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Well, I, and I think, I think okay. Well, now I need to pull up IMDb because I don't even. It was, oh no! <laughs> did it look good? You know, was it like fidelity wise? Did it did it look like a modern movie that would be made in a no giant floating space babies in it? Right, you would know. Oh come on! You would know. <laughs> Yeah, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I just okay. listen. I'm sorry, listeners. I just had to clarify. <laughs> he said Dune, the HBO series, and I just I knew there was someone in their car who started screaming. So I just this, that was for you. Thank you. Kanan no, took a moment and was just like, "We'll make sure all that rage goes straight towards Mike." <laughs> and I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> you can find me on Discord. <laughs> That's my only knowledge of Dune. So, <laughs> so he'll have to find out how everything goes in the second part of the movie coming out, which is coming soon. Yeah. And I'm excited. About it. Just go watch I'm the just... David Lynch 1984, the best. Ooh. See, that was. Ben, I might make you feel old with this. That was before I was born. So 
Hey, don't feel bad, dude. You're on that military crest taking the fire. I haven't even read the book or watched any of them. So I, I'm with you. I'm a purist. I only read okay. battle tank okay. stuff. Yeah, I only do. <laughs> I only chill. read. Like my wife was literally given the kiddo. He's he's ten, right? He's reading Warriors, which is about like cats, cat clans, and like all that stuff. Never read one, so I can't really knowledgeably speak to it. But he was like into it and. He says some smart ass stuff. Nice. As a 10 year old does. As one does. To <laughs> mom, right? Uh-huh. And she's like, look, you can do what you claim, and that's read only one thing at a time. And that's a series that has over 100 novels in it. And I'm like, well, that's Battletech. But as <laughs> as a kid series, that's that's a lot, right? You're like, but hold on. Yeah. Hey, hey but let me help you out. She's I got like, a podcast for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so so you can be like your dad and only read one thing ever. And I'm like, that's me. She's like, or you can be like a normal person uh-huh. and read a whole bunch of stuff that's like sci-fi, nonfiction, whatever. And I'm just like, I'm the weirdo. <laughs> you know, well, it does sound like you got him on a series filled with clans that are represented by animals so he might be yeah. in a direct funnel i he's he's being raised correct <laughs> which way modern man as, as long as you don't start talking about uh cat ladies with that there okay no <laughs> no we're we're on the if you're if you're looking at a 2d map of the inner sphere we're on the northern aspect not the Hold southern on. aspect has anyone seen wait is there a 3d map of the inner sphere because i want to see it i would like, love to see it but i've actually one i've actually looked for one that would probably blow so many mathematicians minds it would be, I've, I've actually thought, you know what, we don't have to, I've actually thought about it a lot and I'm like, it'd be very difficult. I don't know if anyone's trying to construct a three dimensional map of the inner sphere. I'm sure it'd be very has. interesting to see because I, and I think for a lot of, it, w- it would actually be interesting to look at, to see, because you're right. It, it's always that projection. It's always that three dimensional space projected onto a two dimensional plane with all of the territory spread out like that but imagine seeing it with like terra in the center and then like they would be the the different regions the different nations would be i feel like you'd get a better feel for the and you'd see the periphery is this area surrounding everything i've always thought about that it's fun to think about it's like a hollow table right i've seen a few videos <laughs> uh on the tiktoks of lately actually showing like our solar system in motion because when we're growing up, we also see our solar system on a 2D map where it's just like, oh, straight circles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's a it's more of a corkscrew where we're constantly yeah. moving forward and we're, yeah. we're just chasing the sun. So something like that for the Battletech Intersphere would be awesome. And I don't envy the person that takes on that task. So <laughs> I saw a three dimensional map of the Intersphere. God, it's going to be like 15 years ago. And Interesting. The big thing was, you know, the the three the coordinates in the house books, the XYZs, you know, they're sitting there and they're promised the real stars don't match the XYZs. So they 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 have like this three-dimensional picture and then the notes were sitting there saying, Beetlejuice says blah, 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 but it's actually a blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's a lot of math. But <laughs> yeah. it's too much math. <laughs> I have no idea if it's still out there. That sounds like a great kids science project. Where yeah. they can like make it out of styrofoam balls with all the different planets and stuff. Yeah, you need about six it, months off from your children. You yeah. can get them started on that. Get, get to work on that, Mike. <laughs> He's bound to have something coming up. That's good. No, I'm not. No, not it. <laughs> well, I do always. It is fun to think about when they're doing border raids and stuff. When one 
house takes territory from another. We always see it on that projection yeah. where it's like just that border moves, but actually they're pushing into, if you think about it that way, it's just a, I like to think about it. That's all. Think about it in three-dimensional <laughs> space. It's fun. That's my recommendation. Thank you. When, when you think about it in three-dimensional space, it makes a lot more sense why some worlds like have only one jump rock to them, you know, especially yes. the ones on the border world. Yes. Yeah. Why it's like, why does this border world keep getting fought over? Well, it's the only one close enough. Why is it the only one close enough? Because it looks really close. But yeah, in 3D space. Right. You ever play the video games where you, you know, you're like trying to jump like in MechWarrior 5. And sometimes you're like, why can't I get there? It's like right there. And it like routes you all the way around. And then you realize, oh, yeah. it's because it's not just right there. It's actually, they're separated uh, quite, it's a... It's interesting. Thousands of yeah, players. and like in in that video game, it'll look like or like I think like they try to justify it as like oh like the gravitational pull from approaching the planet from this direction would require way too much fuel to slow down uh, for for a retrograde burn. Yeah. <laughs> And in true Omian fashion here, we can't even make it through introductions quickly. So, <laughs> but to bring us back around here, um, our last guest, if you're following along a Battletech book club, it'll be no mystery to you. Jason Hans is here with us. And how'd you get started in all of this? I was in middle school. Some of you may have heard of this before, but you know, the new new people. I was in middle school and I was a year behind my best friends. So I was in eighth grade and they, they went up to high school and they came back and because we, we still hung out every weekend and like, dude, we played this new game. You want to want to play it? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, it's got shooting robots. Yeah. But they, they'd only photocopied like half the rules. And so we found like some hex paper and we kind of drew maps and we were using little erasers and like the, we, we were kind of like building our own mechs and stuff and we got everything it's wrong rules. like we, we built yes. my buddies were playing with mechs that would go one two twenty one so they were like jumping like lamp and like 90 tons oh my <laughs> oh somebody oh. called nate <laughs> bungle tech yeah we got everything wrong <laughs> but eventually we got a copy of the rules and yeah it was i mean i'd kind of known about Battletech because i was dancing in the fantasy universe through the, the star trek books i had the star trek rpg i had all you know the ship combat simulator i was building all those ships so, I mean, I was having a lot of fun in the Fassi universe. So I knew of Battletech, but that's kind of where, you know, joined into it. And then, uh, yeah, it's just great. You know, I, I got the Master Rules, the Tiro 3025 Snords, and the Mercenary Handbook. And those were, those were essentially it. I mean, I, those are my only books for a long time. So my real knowledge of, of Battletech was a lot of lore. I mean, because the Merc book is... I mean, it's rules, but it's also a lot of mercenary lore, especially the ELH, you know, enhanced uh, wackos, wacos, I guess, and uh, <laughs> Wilsons. <laughs> so, yeah, I memed into that one. <laughs> and uh, then, yeah, and then the Tiro 3025. What's amazing about that one is there's there's battles listed in that one. I want to say it's like the Battle of Helm, like with the 12th Star Guard. It's all over 3025, and you're sitting there like, what was this battle about? What What's going on here? And there's so much lore tucked into a tro it's ridiculous so just just yeah i loved i i've memorized like the, the 3025 i read it so many times when i was a kid and i didn't even know like i mean i knew of the novels through like the fasa catalogs but my first introduction to actual books was like many people the beloved kerensky wasn't until later i went backwards and read the uh, the warrior series so that's it oh interesting that rules I actually wasn't aware it, that it's like a common thing for people to have started with Blood of Kerensky. It clearly interesting, it's, dude. Those novels killed. 
they were yeah they're very yeah you're right i hear that over and over like oh Sometimes people have only read those. It's not uncommon for people to tell me like, oh, I, yeah, I read those ones about the clans when they invaded. And yeah, dude, those books killed. I, I think it's because it took a little time for like the game to kind of germinate. And so people came in and then there was the four succession war, which is great. You know, the whole wedding scene and stuff like that. Like, I remember they sit there and they're sitting there talking about it. The wedding scene and, you know, uh, Hans doing the thing at Gen Con, you know, it, which it sounded like amazing. I wish I could have seen that or find footage of that. But yeah, it, oh, yeah. I didn't realize that there was actually books associated, <laughs> you know, or I saw the books that, but I'm like, well, I was like, you know, I was like 14, you know, there's girls to chase and, you know, I'm not going to read reading. That's Absolutely. crazy. <laughs> no, I, I, I was a, I was an avid reader, but, uh, I was reading a lot of like Star Trek books, you know, the Hobbit, a lot of, a lot of, uh, Hardy Boys, you know, you know, normal stuff. That's what really got me into reading was Hardy Boys. Yeah. I had the chicken pox and I had like a, a box of like 40 Hardy Boys books. And I just sat in my <laughs> room for like two weeks reading. Yeah. And I was like, how, All right. This is kind of cool. I was just thinking, like, how many of those are there? <laughs> my wife has collected them all. So oh, really? there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of them. There's a lot. Coming up next, Looks on Mex and Men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Volume one. <laughs> of Mysteries yeah, and Toys. Yeah. But I, I actually had an old bookstore. I found a 1930s version of the Hardy Boys. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of series like before the covers that most of us are probably familiar with. Mm-hmm. I know they're redone like in the 80s or 90s. And I imagine there's probably a new version coming out nowadays. So, But it's, the blue covers are still the best. Yeah. Hardy Boys. Matt and Jeff Hardy, right? Well, well, folks, we're now the uh, Hardy. <laughs> I don't even know how to make that. Welcome back to the Hardy cast. Of Hardy boys and men. There you go. What are they going to be up to this week? In like chapter one. So we open with. <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> I feel like this would turn into like an episode of Scooby Doo at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could do Scooby Doo too. For those meddling kids. So the episode starts and they're in the van again. Scooby is asking Shaggy if there's any more Scooby snacks. I could do it. Call me. Shaggy's trying to get a, a trip down to the CBD store. Oh, that percentage is much higher. Sure, Scoob, have a snack. Well, it does sound like the universal experience of Battletech that I'm sure the listener also found out is that once you start it does become your day-to-day life it is just <laughs> battle tech all the time there's no going back no, no. <laughs> that's not true but we did take caden <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure we've lost i'm just mean, i'm sure we've lost some along the way that, i'm sorry <laughs> but we did get onto the topic of the books and the impact of how that solidifies that day-to-day Battletech consumption. And as we just got through wrapping up Warrior Unguard, let's all take a moment and talk about what that book means to each of you there. Yes, this is, yeah, I mean, we did. We just finished reading uh, Warrior Unguard. Has everyone here read that book? I actually forgot to ask this. Have, uh, or <laughs> I have. Okay, Mike, has Mike. have yes. you read it? Yes, I read Mike's it. read it. Okay, that's good. Let me all go right. to my notes, because I took notes. <laughs> yes, oh. notes, very good. 
Yeah. Oh, Hulk, someone Hulk else takes notes. Take notes. <laughs> I just wing it. Hey. <laughs> well, that's good because that means Mike has volunteered to go first. There you Ooh, go. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Mike, Warrior on Guard, tell us about it. What do you think? Also, I wanted to say this is a trilogy, book one of three. Now you guys are free to, you know, don't, you don't have to feel too constricted about, you know, we can, you can talk about the warrior, but you know, just remember Aaron still hasn't read book two or three. However, he's aware of the, he is aware that, that there's a wedding, you know, don't be like, I love that part where that major character died or, you know, just to, <laughs> I just wanted to say that, don't, you know, don't, uh, you know, help me out. I, I didn't write this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, ostensibly this is the remembrance of Warrior On Guard. And, uh, you know, cool book. Mike, what'd you think? Talk to me. I love the book. I read Warrior On Guard. It was, so as I mentioned earlier, the first two to three Battletech novels I ever read were Dark Age novels when I was a kid. And then I went on my growing up hiatus until I accepted the fact that I was, in fact, a super nerd, right? (laughs) Happens to the best of us. And I came back <laughs> and then I read because I was looking around because like uh, whatnot got got into the tabletop and I was like, OK, I really enjoyed reading reading these books. And they were the only books I ever actually enjoyed reading. So where do I start? And I asked the question and I got the same response that I and I think everyone else gives everyone. Right. And that's to start with the Grey Death trilogy. Right. So I I read that on my Kindle and then I started getting the physical books and I started becoming obsessed with paper (laughs) instead of the digital books. So the Grey Death trilogy still in my Kindle. It's in my Amazon wish list. It's in there. It's in there, even though I already read it because I'm also a nerdy collector and I just have to have the paper, even though I already read it. So I went from the Grey Death Trilogy to the Warrior Trilogy. Yeah. I did it backwards, actually. I read Warrior first, and then I did Grey Death. I went back. Okay. Yeah. My progression was like the first two or three books of Dark Age, and then many years later was Grey Death, and then Warrior, and then Blood of Kerensky, and then I started splitting between earlier in the timeline and the current timeline, which is not fun for the brain. (laughs) trying to keep all of that in line but no the warrior trilogy was was awesome i loved it uh especially going from the gray death which was solely focused on like one dude one guy grace and death carlisle and one one singular unit right with all the mud (laughs) in the ears to then go into the warrior trilogy and be like all right we're following these like four or five people simultaneously and there's all these political games happening and spy games happening and war games happening so much is going on at the same time and it was a thrill to to read so i absolutely loved it also having played when i was a kid the mech warrior 4 mercenaries game always getting the solaris stuff reading about solaris and and how it actually functions Lore wise, got a lot of Solaris um, in, it. in a book. Uh, that was for me, exactly. That's true. So, you know, I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, earlier you were mentioning that you came into the series like kind of as they were coming out. So, did you follow along Warrior around the same time, like as it was being published? 
I did. I did. And it was, you know, because there wasn't a whole lot of Battletech fiction back when I started. And the GDL trilogy coming out and then the Warrior trilogy following up. And it was like, you know, opening up a lot of the universe by reading mm-hmm. the Warrior trilogy. With the GDL trilogy, you're really focused on just one particular planet. You know, you don't get a whole lot of sense of what else is going on out there. And the Warrior trilogy kind of really just opens that up to you to to see that there's a lot bigger universe out there than just a mercenary unit fighting the Draconis Combine all the time or, you know, fighting the Free World League and Comstar weirdos. So the, the Warrior trilogy was really good for opening up a lot of that stuff for me. Specifically on guard, though, I said in the chat, Capet is a biff. <laughs> he, he is hundred percent. Capet is a bit, man. He is just so like he's always got these grand schemes, and they all backfire. And it's just like, dude, you're the worst. Just, just, <laughs> just stop. Just stop. <laughs> yeah, not a single win for him throughout the whole oh, book. So bad, so bad. But I, I was listening to you guys' podcast, and I don't know. I'm just weirdo like that, where I'm listening along with any podcast really like you know yes. wnrp or OM yes. or you know utube or anybody that's what i want and you know i'm like talking like no no, no, no. It, i think this happens you know when you guys are asking <laughs> questions and stuff and you're like so i get into that so instead i, yeah. I take notes and yeah. so one of the things you guys mentioned about uh <laughs> melissa tripping over her her that's what that, dude exactly exactly when she was in the bunker and stuff and i'm like it's 30, it's, 20 something. They, we have Bluetooth now. How does the cord still evolve things here? You know, <laughs> I actually thought about it. It's so funny. I didn't say anything about it on the show, but I actually thought it through and I was like, maybe I imagine hacking. Like I know a lot of the Battletech like computers and stuff are, we're talking kind of like eighties, nineties hardware, but I was still like, maybe having hard lines would, like prevent stuff from being tapped, even though it was a mining facility. Yeah, that was my like kind of like, oh, maybe they're using hard lines, or maybe for that reason, maybe prevent, it was the uh, late eighties for jamming three months to write this yeah. book, and, and, and we didn't have Bluetooth yeah. then. Yes, well, that's the truth, yeah. obviously. That's yeah, really uh, <laughs> but from a spy games perspective, it makes sense. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I know um, me and Kanan were just too caught up on this, the idea of like the old yeah. football coaches when they'd have the headsets yeah. that were wired yeah. and they'd have that like absolutely. dedicated wire yeah. guy as they're yeah, running up yeah. and down the field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get it, man. I get it. It's it's one of those, and you guys were talking about like Andy getting yeah. blown up in that hallway and stuff. And I'm like, he reminded me of that dude from Black Hawk Down, where yeah. the dude's like shooting the saw over his yeah. shoulder and he gets deaf. And he's like, what? Yeah. What are you what? talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so great it's so great but yeah man it's just one of those things where you know the the warrior trilogy really just like it just made me want to read like the next one the next one the next one as quick as i could just to kind of find out what was going to happen so it was so well done well and i know that's how i felt like as soon as we finished up part one but i have the luxury of being able to pick up the second one and getting started so do you remember that time of like anticipation after you finished the first book before the next one got published there is, and and I'm a weirdo like that too. Like, so if if I'm reading a series, like I'll read the first book, and if it's like six months or a year before the next one comes out, as soon as I get the second one in my hand, nice. I'll go back and read the first book again just to refresh my memory, and then mm-hmm. start in on the second mm-hmm. one. So <laughs> it helps me commit a lot of stuff to memory too. So you know, if he's like, oh yeah, I remember this happening. But 
do you still constantly find yourself flipping back to the beginning of the chapter and be like, what's the date? What planet are we on? What region of space are we in? Oh, I definitely do that. I definitely <laughs> do. I have a whole spreadsheet that I That's do. That's awesome. Like, yeah. That I'm like, I, I never had to do that with the Grey Death. But ever since the Warrior Trilogy and literally every book after that, I'm constantly like, okay, I'm going to keep my finger here at the beginning of the chapter so I can come back and be like, okay, what's the date? What planet are we on? <laughs> That's because Grayson crashes into the yeah. planet and then That's he's stuck there book. for the remainder of the yeah. novel. <laughs> but I, yeah, I noticed I picked up that habit too while reading Warrior. Like as soon as I got to the next chapter, I compared the dates to the last. That's one. important. That's a good and habit. Like, okay, how far away was this uh, from that? That's a good moment? habit. Yeah, they yeah. get tricky sometimes. And Northman, how did uh, Warrior on Guard impact you? Yeah, so as I, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I, I kind of came into the universe reading the Blood of Kerensky trilogy. So from there, I have a lot of questions like, what, where am I? Like, what is this universe I've stepped into that the Kerns are attacking? <laughs> yeah. And then I read the, the Grey Death trilogy next, and I was like, okay, I know that Grayson is awesome, and like he <laughs> steps in a lot of like poop piles or whatever. And then he like gets himself out of that. But I, I know that I'm supposed to like Grayson and like nobody else. And that I'm not supposed to like the at all, but what is this place still? And so getting into warrior on guard, just the number of different factions and the number of places were taken. And like Stackpole takes us all of these places. And this book develops the, Battletech universe. So it's like that kind of that genesis of like, oh, there's all these places. There's this like Las Vegas in space where people go and fight to the death. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm like, this is pure, this is total hockey game. Yes. Like feeling yeah. like, oh, blood yeah, and guts. Absolutely. And like, we love it. And so it, just the diverse places that he takes us and introduces all these different characters. And you get you get another mercenary band, you know, the Kelhams that you're like, oh, another, another group that I'm supposed to hoorah of mercs and stuff. <laughs> but just kind of like he gets his fingers in so many pies with just this one novel. Like, honestly, I think this is probably one of the more important novels in all of the, all of the Battletech novels out there, just because of the the Battletech universe introduction that happens here. So that's what it really means to me is like, this is where I learn about like how I'm supposed to think about the Draconis Combine versus, you know, the Capellans versus Davian and all those things and like who they are, how I should feel about them and things like that. So as far as that, Stackpole did an, an amazing job with this novel of introducing the Battletech universe. You're right. That's a good point. This is the context novel. Yeah. It gives you a look at pretty much everyone except house merrick yeah and he did right he well they were they were covered in price of glory exactly <laughs> he yeah. did provide the template for like the spine novel like oh he yeah was like hey just do it like this <laughs> from the get-go i i also love like how he weaves things together you know it's these stories that sometimes you find in like some of these you know a lot of really good tv shows it's like it takes a season to get here, but then all of a sudden, all of our main characters are in the same place, and voila, you know, they have this amazing moment where everything comes together. And that takes a lot of groundwork. Like you guys have talked about on your podcast, like it takes a lot of groundwork to to kind of weave these things into this universe. Sure, it takes a little bit of plot armor, but it takes a lot of groundwork too. So yes. uh, I really like that, you know, the connections that, that happen in the story as well are, are amazing and fun. Stackpole will do a lot of work to get the thing he wants. Yeah. 
except with Gray Noten. Then you just knock him off and get out. But otherwise, yeah. That is the yeah. most shocking part of the book. It's the most. Like, it is. Whoa. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, I did expect him to come right, back up that. at any point during the story. I was like, he died well, off like, camera. Ha-ha, yeah. Justin <laughs> pops out of a trash. And I do game. have to say that my pick. I'll differ from what what Ben said is uh, that Philip is a is a Biff. I'm going to say when in my mind it was Alan Rickman in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, where he's always like freaking out, and nothing goes right from him. He's like shoving other people to like do his work yeah. for him. Anyways, that, that yeah, would be I, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And Jason, how about you? Why does Warrior and Guard stand out for you? So, like I said, I came in with Blood of Currency, and what was really kind of interesting about like how my journey because. I, right, I was in high school and I joined the army right after. So when you're in the army, you're kind of young and you have a lot of disposable income. And so when I wasn't spending it on booze, <laughs> that's when FASA was hitting their peak. You know, they're, they're kicking out a book like every 90 days, give or take. So even though I knew these other books existed beforehand, we were off to the races, right? It was all cleans all day. So I missed oh, yeah. a here and there. Uh, I, I think I was like in basic training or something like that with the Jade Falcon trilogy. So I missed that one uh, or three, whichever you want to call it. But then from there, you know, there was Ideal War and then it was uh, the Star-Lord one. I mean, just all of those, just bam, 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 just hitting my life. And a lot of them were weird. I'm like, okay, who is this Joanna person? Who is this Joanna. horse dude? Does he actually look like a horse? I mean, is he like better Ray Bill? I mean, I mean I was still a little weak on war. You know? so, so, yeah, it was, it was years before I finally turned around and picked up the Warrior Trilogy, Wolves on the Border, Hair to the Dragon. And I was like, holy crap, where have these books been all my life? <laughs> so, what was really neat about reading The Warrior, you know, coming back to it, was seeing this development of Melissa, which I almost feel gets lost because there's so much that goes on 20, 30, 40 years on. Yeah. I, I, I wish I could have seen more of this ass-kicking Melissa, this strong Melissa. You know, and I think if... If, if if Mike got himself a DeLorean that could hit 88 and go back in time, I, I believe he would probably have inserted another book or two in there somewhere. Because uh, like in the 20-year update, Melissa pushes hard to uh, to push Lyran troops in. There's like some uprisings going on like around, the, like around Terra. And Melissa takes charge. And she like goes bouncing around. And when you look at the timeline, she's like pregnant. She's like super pregnant. Interesting. I mean, I, I want that story. I guess I should probably perk my butt and write that story, but I'd rather my story, <laughs> you know. Story. <laughs> We've never said this to you, but kind of behind the scenes, we call you like the reconciler in chief because you're always writing these little stories where you're like reconciling these little, these little idiosyncrasies. Yeah. You should absolutely write it. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it, that, that would be, that would be a, would be a pleasure. I mean, this, so, yeah, seeing that and, you know, and seeing these people that's like, oh, so this is the origin story for all these stuff. So that's been that was great. The first time I read it uh, and then I reread actually the trilogy in Iraq. I downloaded my Kindle and I was, you know, in JBB, uh, Joint Base Ballad. And that was, a, you know, one of the most recent times I reread them before I had to reread them for uh, the Light Horse story. What's interesting now, now that I've got, you know, some years of writing under my my belt and Kanan, yeah. you really kind of touched on this when you're sitting there talking about Yorinaga. Yorinaga not speak. I just kind of went through the book where Yorinaga, I don't think is still spoken. I don't think so. I don't think he said a word yet. I not went back and yet. looked no. through it and I'm like, man, did he not talk at all? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he hasn't. Kanan, you hit upon it. And I'm, I've been really, as you guys have been looking at the book, I've been kind of tearing apart the chapters now, not looking at it as a fan, but as a fellow writer. And the economy of words Mike is using. Yeah. I mean, this is his first book 
And he is absolute. Every sentence is dense. There's no wasted sentences. There's no way. I am re-looking at this as like a fellow writer. And sometimes I realize what a dream and I still am. I mean, this was his first book. My God. Yeah. Like great note and just dying. That is such a crazy, ballsy move Mm -hmm. in your first novel. I mean, come on. That's insane. I mean, you kill a lot of guys, but (laughs) (laughs) I also feel like there's this angle when you're reading it for the first time, you're like, there's been all this body double stuff. And so you're like, I meant to bring this up originally on the podcast, but you almost go like, well, is there, you know, was it a body double? Like what was there? Is there another gray note? is he going to, is he going to like come out for the climax? No. I, I know that's that's yeah. the like hoops my brain was going through because I've also read a lot of universe fiction. And when you're going through those things, like character deaths are like so impactful. They're always like huge story points. And having a character like Grey Noten die off screen is something like you just don't want to accept. You just don't want to see it as that's what's really happening here. So, yeah, I was going down like he, maybe he's got a body double, too. So do you. Do you think that he even knew it was coming? Like, do you think Justin, like, kind of walked behind him and was like, oh, let me grab something? Do you think it was just boom? Like, had he, I mean, he clearly, he's like chopped him with his robot arm, right? That's what happened. I think, I think he had to know it was coming. I mean, you know, Nogan wasn't stupid. I mean, he was, he was a smooth operator, you know. He, I'm sure there was. I I think it was more like Ed, Ed Harris in the, enemy at the gates you know when he finally knows he's been outplayed yes. he just takes his hat off he's like all right yes yep you got me you clean shot <laughs> yeah that's Good that's movie. how i think it went down i think he's like yeah. you know you just you just you got it all got figured me. out i knew what was happening yeah i took your arm my bad dude yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> just yeah not the face let me have a clean open casket mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't take me in the forehead <laughs> so yeah to, to, to kind of circle back and to, to include my thoughts the first time i read warrior on guard you know as a fan it, it was great obviously now going back especially as you guys have been reviewing it and looking at it with fresh eyes as on a technical level it's unreal absolutely outstanding so well and talking about that how you spent your time writing in the BattleTech universe what about BattleTech? as a series drives you to want to write for it. I just retired from the army a couple of years back. So, I mean, the, and, you know, I read a lot of military sci-fi growing up. So I, I think there, that there's that draw of it being military sci-fi. But what I also love about Battletech that I've really enjoyed as a writer is there is room for so much. Like in Shrapnel 14, there's kind of a, a wonky little story James by James Bixby, you know, of the... Uh, the, the the anime girl that pops yeah. up and just sits and complains yeah. for I love it. It's so it, funny. It's absolute pulpy. It's silly. It's light. It's great. Absolute top-notch work. There's room for darkness. There's room for noir. There's room for the horse stampede. You know, they're sitting there driving around with, you know, hovercrafts, you know, just out racing the, you know, the, the falling jellyfish or whatever. I mean, there is room for so much in battle tech that I mean, I wrote a football story for God's sakes. <laughs> Three points of pride. It's a, yeah, it's an absolutely expansive universe that, you know, as long as you're kind of staying within the the, the painted lines, it, it's so open. I love it. And I want to say this is pretty special that BattleTech they've always been so open to like short stories and like amateur writers submissions, Battlecore. Right. They're always looking. They're like encouraging people to write stuff for them. 
And they've been doing this for a long time. That's why they've collected so much. There's so much because they're so willing to like, yeah, write some, send it in. We'll check it out. And it is that's so cool. It's pretty special. It's absolutely unheard of. I, as far as I know, I don't think there's like an open web page for 40K or for D&D or for Star Wars or Star Trek because I would have been dropping, you know, I have like a, a, a Wookiee Y-Wing squadron tucked in my pocket that, you know, Star Wars ever opens up. <laughs> so, yeah, it's absolutely unheard of. Yeah. I mean, the Battletech welcome, the, the exact words that I've heard, you know, from like John Helfer's, you know, and whoever else at Gen Con is that we grow the next generation of writers. You know, it's absolutely true. You know, you just can't go out to the the fiction, you know, the fiction clubs down at the college and say, hey, hey, partner, write me a Battletech story. So it comes from within. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and the, for those you know, had heard, Battleport was where I got my start. And in those days, you had to uh, send in your submission printed out, you know, of course, 12 point font. I mean, they had all the rules, but you had to send it out and you had to send it in with a self-addressed stamped envelope. Nice. So, you know, and sassy <laughs> if you wanted feedback. And so, yeah, like my first submission, I sent in from uh, uh, Bagram Air Base in uh, Afghanistan in 2005. I sat there and, you know, brown envelope, yes. I MPS it in, you know, and I got the plight rejection letter, you know. It rules. So, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> well, getting rejected does not rule. It doesn't rule. Of course. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, writing tip. Wait, so your, your, your first submission got rejected? Yeah. Everybody's first submission is probably going to get rejected. Very few people. Unless you've been practicing on the side or writing for something else or like, you know, even writing in the newspaper business. I mean, writing takes time. It takes skill. It takes craft. You know, and so odds are your first submission is probably going to be shot down. The exception to the rule is if like people, you know, they sit there and they work on their first submission for a long time. You know, so that one sometimes gets in. But their second submission, they just kind of write up real fast and kick it out the door. So a lot of times, sometimes people's first submission gets accepted and their second and third and maybe in their fourth gets rejected because right. they, they spent so much time on their, it's like, it's like musicians, you know, first albums are rule software albums. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, yes, that's exactly what I was yeah, going to say. You see yes, that too. it's a hundred percent like yeah, that. You see that too. Because they've been sitting there playing guitar for years. They have all these ideas, yep. all these good ideas. They've been thinking about it so long. They get together, they make a sweet album because they, and then the label says, Hey, we want another album in 18 months. They're like, uh, We're out of stuff. You know, then they're like, Oh, let's kick another one out next year. And it's like, Oh, well, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, that was it. We're yeah. done. Yeah, that, that was all of our ideas. <laughs> and Ben, you've also written for Shrapnel from Shrapnel 13, yet a story published. And yep. how did that process go for you there as well? Uh, it was it was pretty good. Hansel was one of the guys that looked at my stuff when I submitted <laughs> it for the first time, but that wasn't uh, my that was my first shrapnel short story. Uh, mm-hmm. I had written the Swamp Fox. Yep, I'd written that was the Swamp Fox that I wrote. Um, prior to that, I'd written a culture article on the Senescent Warriors Association, which was about Clint. Right. Yeah. Sen- yes, <laughs> Senescent Warriors Association. That's so funny. I love that one. It's so good. And then, yeah, that was that was a fun one. And then I did a unit digest as well for the old guard from Hanson's Rough Riders. So, so right. the Swamp Fox was my right. first official short story aside from my Turning Point short story. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I it's one of those things I had in the back of my head for years, ever since because I got it from the thirty twenty five technical readout, the original thirty twenty five technical readout that. Uh, that's where it came from for the oh. monitor entry. And there was like a, 
like maybe four sentences in there that talked about a monitor gunship on Berthandi taking out like four, you know, three or four Curitum X. Yeah. And I was <laughs> no like, way. this is cool. I was like, I really? need to, I want to write this thing. You that know, rules. I want to write a, a story about a, a gunboat taking out three, three mechs. So we're talking a source book that was published within like the late eighties or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you got to think like back then, I mean, the TROs were all we had. There weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of fiction. I mean, the G, you had the GDL trilogy slowly making its way out, but all your short fiction stuff was in those TROs. You just, like, just think about a young Ben, you know, with the source book pointing at like a sentence being like, you know, in 30 years, <laughs> I'm going to write a story about this. That's it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's how it'll go, man. You know, and that's that's really where, you know, and, and Hansa can attest to this, is, is where, really where a lot of the short stories come from. It's just a throwaway line somewhere in a source book or somewhere in a in a novel that somebody else so picks funny. it up and says, I want to write about this or I want to talk about this, you know? Yeah, Mr. Hansa, every time I ask him, like, oh, what was your, uh, you know, why'd you do this or that? He's always like, well, I, uh, you know, there's this uh, sentence in a source book mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like the, the the opening fiction in the Turning Points, Turning Points Helm was all from the perspective of the uh, uh, tank uh, yeah, commander that was left with the GDL force. Yeah, Frazier. And I was like, Poor you know, kid. he's just a one line guy where they talk about him price of glory that, oh, yeah, he Grayson remembered the kid, you know, growing a mustache and, you know, that kind of stuff. And <laughs> he gets stepped on by a griffin. And, you know, it's like, yep. oh, cool. Well, let's let's talk about that. You know, so that that's I think that's where a lot of the good short story stuff comes from. There's just those those one liners that other writers throw out there and then somebody else picks up and runs with it. The Battletech fiction universe has been touched by so many writers. I mean, hundreds, if not like, it's like crazy to think about how many, it has to be one of the most robust intellectual properties in terms of how many people have written stuff for it, especially it's a, it's incredible. It really is. It's a, it boggles the mind. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool. Um, for CGL is is being involved with the writing community. You know, there's so many good writers out there and there's so many good, you know, stories that have been told and there's so many stories to still tell that, you know, anybody can, you know, just, I think I was talking to somebody in the last couple months about, I think it was Derek from, from On the Origins and uh, he was trying to write his first story and I was like, hey man, just just submit it. Just just write what you what you think and and submit it, and they'll give you feedback on it. You know, and and just be open to that feedback. So that that that's the best advice I can get is just be open to feedback because you're gonna get feedback. But I mean, I submitted the 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 cue for shrapnel is you're not gonna get an immediate response. You know, I mean, I think the the last count I looked at it was like two hundred some days. Uh, before yours makes it onto the desk of, you know, Phil Lees or, or somebody like that, or it goes to Hansa and and then he murders you. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it, it just have patience and, 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 you know, they are looking for professional people that want to write stories and, and tell good stories. So just be prepared for that. Also, I wanted to shout so, out Swamp Fox. Good boat story. I've read a lot of Battletech stories, not a lot of boats, right? 
it is <laughs> it is refreshing to get a good boat story. I was like, heck yeah, dude, boats. Yeah, you don't get a lot of those. I mean, I I want to say there's very few stories out there that are not mech focused. There's a couple of tanker stories, sniper. like a yeah. sniper. I think was yeah. one of them that talked about a Shrek DBZ carrier. That was a really good story. The the two tankers that Mike yes. loves from Hour of the Wolf. In the, Man, they're uh, great. <laughs> they were they were awesome. That's the one with the Hellbringer, right? With the open canopy. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, and then and then, but because you get the elemental stories all the time, but how often do you get a your average Intersphere grunt story? Um, aside from something that somebody does in Gunnison, Colorado. You know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I did want to ask, well, if like the first time I sat down to read Swamp Fox, I was like, oh, we're on Verthandi. I was like, yeah. we're on a boat. Apocalypse now. But it's not. You go <laughs> in a completely get... different direction with it. Yeah, for visual. And it's not a dropship boat. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. And monitor gunship. Yeah. Monitor gunship. And the, the, what is the monitor attack? gunship. It's like a Phoenix, the Phoenix Hawks comes out of the water oh you get a really cool art piece for that the illustration for yours is sick yeah yes yeah yes. the phoenix hawk coming out of the water yeah yeah dude that was blew, <laughs> that blew me away when i saw it i was like holy crap that is so oh, cool so, you know so you didn't know that they were gonna do the piece until like the shrapnel came out no like i had no uh, idea i had no oh idea. that's awesome no way so i get the book oh, and i'm rules. looking through it and i'm like oh that's so awesome you know so this it's cool. It's really awesome. You know, I love the style. I love the the illustrations and shrapnel have like the coolest style that 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 uh, I love what they're going for. Incredible. They're so good. Yeah, they, they're so it, it's very I don't read a lot of manga, but from what I've seen, it, it's very manga esque for a lot of their illustrations, which is phenomenal. They're doing a really great job with it, especially because they're like they're designed to be uh, presented in black and white. Right, they're not in color, so then you you, yeah. you know you, you kind of right. have to change your composition based on yeah they look great. It is it does have kind of a manga thing going on. I think Brent Brent was saying that I heard you were like they kind of got a manga. I agree. They're black, and I I think I think the fact that they're <laughs> intended to pre- to be presented in black and white. Yeah, it's cool. It's very cool. Ben is right. I mean, a lot of short stories are based on things that other people have read. TRO entries, pilot entries, you know. And if, you know, there's any potential budding writers out there that are thinking about, you know, writing a shrapnel submission, find that story, find that little pilot submission, because I will 99.999% of the time there, I mean, there is too many pilots that whoever wrote that has moved on. (laughs) So, I mean, so take it, you know, you sit there and say, I want to write this pilot. I want to write this story. I want to write that battle. I want to write their next one. Do it. That, and that's because by taking a small story like that, you're not going to run into continuity. Right. Mm -hmm. You, you you don't want to sit there and write a huge story about Morgan, you know, or I don't know, Takashi Kurita or something like that. You know, don't try and you know, don't jump into the fire with the biggest name in the Battletech history. Just find to sit there and say, oh, a Clint pilot. When's the last time yeah. somebody's written about a Clint? Yeah. Never. OK. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, just you know, what Ben Clint. did is absolutely the perfect way to to, to quietly slide into the Battletech universe. Find something that sparks your imagination, that catches you, that you absolutely love. It's a small story. It's a quiet story. And tell that story. We do have two writers here. And, you know, I don't want to get 
too in the weeds with it, but I imagine that a, there's a, a fraction of our audience that also, at some point, intends to write into shrapnel. And so I actually read a lot about this and that there's a lot of different methodologies. What is your guys's kind of method when you sit down, you're going to write something we've kind of hit on it, you know, where you're like, Oh, you pick out this little occurrence and you're like, Oh, let me, uh, let me take this and extrapolate on it. But, uh, yeah, what is, uh, what, what's some of your methodologies? So, so you want something more professional than panic drink type repeat, right? <laughs> Careful. I mean, uh, if that works, actually, uh, it's short and sweet. I think it uh, conveys I mean, the point. But if you want to go into that a little bit more, uh, by all means. <laughs> everybody's different. And I, I will be the absolute first to tell you that you can listen to a bunch of different people and then you kind of have to do what you need to do, you want. Me? I kind of will see the story in my head as not necessarily screenshots, but wave tops. I have like a beginning. I have moments I want to hit and I'll have the end. And then I just kind of write to the waves, if that makes sense. How I get there, it's that's kind of just I kind of flow with it. I'm I'm very much they they have plotters and pantsers are the big groups in uh, (laughs) uh, in writing. The people who plot out everything, the people who uh, just make stuff up as they go, flying by the seat of their pants, and then people who kind of in between. And yeah, I, I'm I'm more of a pantser, but I do have the ideas in my head. So yours is much better than mine. Mine, I just call it word vomit. I just start typing <laughs> and and just kind of I have a general idea of what I want to do, or like I have a specific scene that I want to portray, and I build around that, or. Like I've got something that's getting ready to go to the shrapnel queue because it's nothing critical or anything like that. But it's something that, you know, I was like, nobody ever talks about what happened to Colonel Langsdorf after Helm. You know, what happened to Langsdorf? He still stays in command. Like there had to be some kind of military inquiry or court martial thing that went on. What happened? So it's one of those things. It's like, that's the question I have that I want to answer. And so I start writing to that piece of it. And I wait, you you wrote a story about Langsdorf? I'm I'm working on it. It's, Let's go. It's getting yes. ready to hit the queue. Yes. So um <laughs> it's one of those things that it's nothing I don't have a deadline for. And that's the other piece to to it, like like Jason was talking about. You know, it's it's one of those things where if you don't have a deadline from CGL to do, you're you're almost duty bound to set your own deadline. That's that's really the only way you're going to get it done is to sit down and write it out because the, my the Swamp Fox one it it's probably it was probably bouncing around in my head for ten years twenty years maybe until I finally said you know what I I just need to write it let me just sit down and I banged it out in about two two weekends and I was like you know what let's organize it let's clean it up submit let's see what happens you know yeah right. I, I often say writing is hard. Editing is easy. <laughs> just parking your butt in front of the laptop and writing the words is the hardest part. So do that and don't care about how bad they suck. I mean, if you if you're writing semi coherently, that's good enough, because after that, you can rewrite, you can cut and paste, you can sit there and play with it. You can have your best friend look over it, getting the words onto the paper, just barf them up and then edit. Editing is easy, relatively. <laughs> it makes sense to me. I mean, if a dumb grunt can do it like me, I, anybody can do it. So, but, but, Kane, I am going to be absolutely fascinated. I hope you sit there and write all these questions down. And it, when, when, I, uh-huh. I, I, I know it's not going to be an if. I know it's going to be a when. When Mike Stackpole comes on, 
I hope you hit him with the same ones. I would, you know, I would love to hear it. You know, what's, what does he, is he a, a pantser? Is he a plotter? Does he sit there and write like 3000 word treaties before he starts, which some people would do? <laughs> I, I'd love mm-hmm. to know. So I think he's got to be a plotter with all his highs that he's got. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's too good not to think it up ahead of time. He's got to be a plotter. What do you think the whiteboard for Warrior On Guard looks like? Just oh, yeah. know, like yeah. rifleman shoots backwards. A lot of red string. It, it's <laughs> totally the red string. Yeah. And I think there's some that goes into that too, you know, because I, I do some of the source book side of stuff and, and you really got to plot out where you want to go. Like with Helm, like I did a full outline of like, hey, opening fiction, we're going to hit this, you know, and then. What are my scenarios going to be? What are we, how are we going to get there? You know? And so you've got to, I think when Jason was on our show on, on the club, on the Bahala club, you know, we talked about there's different styles of writing as far as fiction writing versus source book writing. Yeah. There's definitely a different vibe that you get into. It's more historical writing type stuff on the source book side, more third person stuff, as opposed to most of your fiction is all first person stuff. So you've really got to kind of lay it out. I just have that image of Charlie Day in <laughs> in in uh in what, the mailroom. Yep, he's like <laughs> with with all the yard all the connecting everything. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. like yeah. it's it's there's a plot. <laughs> yeah. All right, it all connects. Okay, yeah. it's it's yeah. all there. It it's all got. And then he cuts him down with a katana. Gray Noden. I keep seeing this name. Gray Noden. I got boxes full of Gray um, Noden. Yeah. <laughs> connectable. Ooh, I gotta remember Charlie oh Day for the next hiring call. That's, that's, a good, that's a good one. That's a good pull. That's a good pull. Also, uh, if you want to submit a story for Shrapnel, I recommend you make it a 12-point Times New Roman Cambria Palatino. One inch margins all around and double space. <laughs> words, That's my recommendation. It, no, no offense to Aaron and Brent, but Kanan is the funniest dude on this show. Oh, we know it. We know it. His, his humor is spot on. It's it's quite peak. It is it is both refined and brutal at the same time. <laughs> yep, it's cutting, and that's that's what I love about it. Yeah, I also never expect it. He, he, he hits you when you're down. Yeah, yep. it's what I appreciate the most. <laughs> Take that, Capet. <laughs> try. Well, Ben, Jason, is there anything else we want to cover in the writing sphere before we move on to the community side of things? Ben fixed everything that both me and Phil suggested, and he didn't sit there and complain about it. I assume you know I didn't see him venting online. I you know yeah. I, maybe he kicked, <laughs> went out to his driveway and kicked some rocks or punched a tree or something. But that's an important part of writing. So don't you it's an important part of life. No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Take the constructive criticism and incorporate it. So that's a great advice. Yeah, you you, you definitely yeah. gotta do that. I mean, it's it's one of the I mean, in the Swamp Fox story, it just ended with the boat going down, my original draft. And they were like, eh, she's gotta live. And I was like, that's not what Hansa does. <laughs> that's not what Hansa oh, does. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but I, then again i didn't have the chops that hansa has yet so you know we're, we're working up to that where i can kill off characters i love the ending by the way i don't want to give it away i want people to read it but uh i feel like it's very impactful because she lives yeah 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 phil made the right call he did he did he yeah yeah and that's why he's the boss 
you know. Yeah, he's very, very good at his job. He's very good. Very good. Before you volunteered, I was, I was going to ask, come on, tell me, what did what did you have in there that, that they that they made you take out or made you add? I was <laughs> like, come on, let me get a hot exclusive. Yeah, I can tell you. I mean, there was there was a spot yes. in there that, that Hansa caught that I was getting a little too in-depth with the Shaw character, the infantry jump commander for the squad and stuff. And he was like, hey, man, you know, you got <laughs> just focus on one character. Not Let's not build a second Interesting. one Interesting. I was like, yeah, you're right. That's absolutely That's correct. So I was given his whole backstory and stuff just because I'm an infantry guy, you know, and I, I got to lean into my infantry brothers a little bit, you know. <laughs> so Heck yeah. I do like that you managed to get Ben as two characters, technically. Oh, right, because um, Big Ben, the, yeah, <laughs> the yes, the AC twenties, yeah. the, the AC twenties, yeah, and and, and and then uh her son, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an interesting. Uh, I had I had definitely had some different ideas going into this, and and now I've gotten a lot more refined, if you will, with with what I've been working on lately. So. A lot of it was just, I didn't know where I wanted to go with it, you know, and I didn't know what I was getting into by just submitting the story to Shrapnel. So it, it kind of helped getting the feedback from Hansa and getting the feedback from Phobies, you know, that uh, to fix, not really fix, but to refine it and make it a decent story. Sorry, I got to catch up on bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just be open to the feedback. Don't try and fight too yeah. much. Let yep. someone instruct you while you cook. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, and, and everybody gets it. Phil got his on his novel and he's like, oh, my God, I got so many notes. I have a story, you know, that Phil was really reading. And he's like, this is not working for me. I'm like, but, 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 but. He's like, and I'm like, fine. <laughs> I mean, it's just everybody gets the notes. Take yeah. it and make the story better. Yeah, that's that's a big part of it. You know, I think my on Turning Points Home, I think I had. 75 notes oh, man. from fact check and and you know different stuff and a lot of it was just little editorial like hey put this comma here or you know you know don't italicize this you know that kind of stuff but um for the most part you know you'll get notes you'll get back and and the big thing is you can argue them and it till it meets what they want to look for or what they want you know it's not going to get published so just be aware of that it's not so much argue as explain where you were going with it because I've done that. And they said, Oh, okay. Well then you totally didn't get that right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, and I think that was, that was one of the first comments I got back from Phil was he's like, I don't, I don't really understand what this is from. And so I sent him a screenshot of the TRO entry and he's like, Oh, this totally makes sense. Now this is yeah. 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 We'll move forward with it. Yeah. But then, yeah, if if feels like still not working, it's like, Roger, I'm cutting it. And then you move out, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Prove yourself. Good advice. (laughs) Just in general, right? Take the criticism. (laughs) Right? Right, we did. All right. Go back to community building. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say, like, we... we, uh... I think Matt Um... fell asleep. <laughs> I'm here, I'm here. It's all good. So, <laughs> to just for everyone, I think uh, to change up our order a little bit, I think it would be a good flow as we were just talking about content creation and the writing totally. side to go into the podcasting side to let that flow into the community building and that impact of bringing everybody in, working through the podcast, and then going into the community outside of that. Since uh, we've got Valhalla Club here as like community representatives for the Colorado scene as well. No, so. we, 
We are not community representatives. <laughs> We're just bartenders. So, yes. <laughs> and Ben's the one that does all the bartending actual work yeah. with 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 drinking the terrible <laughs> shit. <laughs> We're working on that, man. We're working on that. <laughs> we're we're going to get through it. I just saw we're going to make it better. The day that, was, that I have to try out now, so <laughs> it may become a belted drink. Who knows? Oh, oh, what was it? It was the uh, uh, Captain Morgan's and Bushlight <laughs> tasting like chocolate milk. <laughs> oh, the Beast? <laughs> tasting like chocolate some... milk. Yeah. Oh, oh God. What? <laughs> I'm going to go. I, I just bought some Bushlight tonight. I'm going to try it out tomorrow. We'll see what you, happens. You yeah. would. <laughs> it's, I, hey, man, I got to have some 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 faith in advertising <laughs> here, right? Even if they include sardines. Well, hey, that, yeah. was, that was terrible. That was a totally <laughs> fiction thing. That was a stack bowl thing, I think. <laughs> I heard that. that, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it might be a, an actual thing, stack bowl thing. It, I don't, where did that come from? Was... Still, from for me? Right? Uh, denied. That's just terrible. <laughs> I, I, dude, I did not add a sardine. I just added a bourbon. <laughs> you know? I said, oh, well, the volume that the sardine will take up, I can put more bourbon in here. So there we go. That's a whole nother ounce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well, I'll, I'll bring it back to the podcasting question here. But uh, <laughs> Matt's always uh, keeping us on track. Right? Well, yeah. Great isn't there, Matt. The, just trying, just trying. Um, Ship needs a helmsman, you know. Damn right. That's right. Some, <laughs> someone's got to steer this train wreck. But uh, yeah, we definitely don't see ourselves as representatives because I think the, the different podcasts that are out there have really kind of st- started from different places. Like, I think Wolfnet especially was kind of trying to lead from uh, from from the front for uh, from a particular kind of gameplay edge. And I think a lot of other podcasts have kind of tried to lead from the front with lore and different things like you guys are doing kind of with the book club here. For, for ourselves, we're kind of like in the middle of things where it was already kind of growing and we were just like, oh, we can kind of like talk about what we're doing here. And that'll definitely, or it should be of interest to the, the Colorado community here, but it may be of interest to other people. I don't know why they like to hear us, you know, or whatever. But, um, but doing a podcast, I think there's, it's funny because you can kind of like pigeonhole some of the podcasts, uh, whereas others are kind of more general. And we are definitely, you know, as we, we said in our la- last episode, we've been dubbed the the most okayest or whatever uh, <laughs> podcast of them all. The most okayest. Thanks, Reddit. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's totally Derek. Fun. That's Derek. Yes, Derek. That's true. Derek went off. He's like, well, apparently the the Reddit post was it's okay, and then Derek was like, it's the most okayest. (laughs) It was important for (laughs) it was important for him to get credited. Me and me and uh me and Mike were playing MechWarrior Online yes or two days ago, and he was like, I just want credit. And I was like, sorry, yeah. dude, he didn't give you credit. <laughs> but I think like you get these, you know, we have all these different podcasts out there now and that, you know, there's probably more coming in the future, but it kind of clicks with 
you know, a different kind of subset. You know, I love, I, I know there's like some people that will listen to Mech Bay that would never listen to us. Or, you know, there's people that would listen to Wolfnet that would never listen to, you know, Bungle Tech or something like that. But I think it's just really cool. And it's almost like the Battletech universe in itself where there's something for everyone. And so that's what I'm really excited about is this, this something for everyone. I mean, they come here to, of mechs and men, um, for, for this, it's kind of a, a good-natured, you know, this feel-good, kind of funny, harken back to the 80s and 90s. Like, you love these books. You're in your, you know, you're in your 20s and you're reading these things and you're you're loving it and you're feeling it. And uh, and then they come to us and they're like, what what is going on here? You <laughs> what know? is this so, train wreck? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but I, I, you know, I just generally think it's so cool to have all these different options. And if you don't listen to, to the Valhalla Club, that's cool. But I hope that people, you know, they're getting what you want. And, you know, if you don't like something, don't listen to it. That's totally cool. But I, I just love it. The, the content being out there for people to listen to. I think it's just I, it's really interesting because I was listening to Nate's podcast with all the different interviews that uh, Mike was hammered on. <laughs> Who doesn't sorry. love a good heist? Okay. <laughs> hey, you gotta represent the brand, man. That was pretty good, Mike. <laughs> I was less hammered for that than I was with the interview with Jason. That's fair. Uh, that's fair. You're, you're, you're pretty torched then, too. I will apologize again. I am sorry for being so smashed and, and during that episode. Anybody ever listened to episode four of the Valhalla Club? That was that was me and John's time to shine on the on the drunkenness. But, but I was so it, repetitive. But it's it was interesting to me listening to Nate's podcast about how when he was interviewing everybody, he'd talk about how long they had been out and a large majority of them are like in the last year yeah. with, with mercenary star, with us, with, um, with you guys, with, uh, the, uh, even bungle tech itself and some of the Canadian stuff where it's really interesting to me that I feel like Wolfnet is like the granddaddy of podcasting for yeah. Battletech and everybody else is just kind of taking that and gone, oh, well, those knuckleheads can do it. So we should be able to do it, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was 100 <laughs> percent our thought process. That, okay. <laughs> exactly. that was at Copo. That we, we were doing the, the Colorado yeah. Open and yeah. me and Mike and Matt. And Charles were all, and Dave were all standing around, and Dave I think had the idea, or maybe Mike was like, "Hey, let's do it. Just we should start a podcast and talk about the Colorado community." And and Charles is like, "Yeah, I mean, if we can do it, you guys can do it." <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're like, "Definitely, if we can, we can start something if you guys can do it because we see even <laughs> <with> you guys." <laughs> it was Dave's over, like it was it was Dave's big idea, and then I took it. <laughs> And then I set everything up and said, now you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I've, 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 I've forced everyone else into this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But it was Dave's idea initially. So <laughs> blame Dave. But I think it's good. Yeah, d definitely blame Dave. But uh, always but blame Dave. <laughs> it's, it's always Dave's fault. But I think it's good just from the from our perspective as the Valhalla Club guys that, you know, we're just doing this to basically just keep the community informed about what's going on so that if they want to show up to an event, 
great. They can, you know, it's their form. Absolutely. Because it's the internet is such a big place that it's hard to find out what you want, you know, what you're looking for. And I know it took me several years even to find any groups to play with, you know, and, and just knowing that, Hey, there's, there's local guys here doing a podcast. They're letting you know what's going on all over the state or all over the country as well, that you can, you can jump in if you want to, you know, I know there's a, there's a group, was it the West coast renegades? I think West coast regulars, regulars. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That they're getting ready to start up and and do something. I, I don't know if they're doing something similar, but from what I talked to, one of the folks at Gen Con about, they were saying that they were going to do something similar that just letting the community know what's out there, you know? And I think that's, that's really the first step is communication to the community to let them know, Hey, there's stuff going on if you want to be part of it. Well, and I've noticed as well that like having Colorado represented by the Valhalla club, having West coast Irregulars starting up, knowing about these, even though me and Brent are here in Florida, as we meet people, I know when we were at Gen Con, we had spoken to Travis and Travis was like, oh, I was just starting out in the Colorado area. And I was like, hey, you need to go join this Discord for Valhalla Club. You got to check that out. Like it, it it really helps us know who's out there as well. And I right. assume that's across the Battletech community to say like, oh, are you in this area? Here's a person you can go see. Here's a group that you can go in and get started with. And I think that's a huge thing. And especially getting that all together that we know each other doing it, it helps get people in the right place to grow. Oh, absolutely. I, you know, there was just a guy, was he in the Valhalla Club Discord, I think? He was looking for somebody in like central Illinois or something like that. Central Illinois, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, hey, well, you need to talk to Mario because Mario is in central Illinois and he probably knows where the game stores are. And, you know, yeah. it's, yep. it's one yep. of those things where having contacts all over the country that you know that you can direct someone to and say, hey, communicate with this guy and, and he should be able to to steer you in the right direction is a big part of the communication process and, and in the community building piece. Yeah, just think about getting that question like two to three years ago. What would you do? <laughs> oh, yeah. But, uh, I, I think my only answer by far was like, there was a Facebook group called Battletech Players by Zip Code or something like that. Uh, yeah, oh, it still exists. Interesting. It still exists, I think. But it's I remember posting on there saying I was in this zip code in Virginia and somebody was like, oh, well, go to these two stores because that's where, you know, so and so plays at or something like that. And I went there like three or four times and nobody showed up. <laughs> and I was like, all right, nobody well, that's not going to work. <laughs> so so I think podcasting is a, is a really good way to start the communication process. So you needed a flyer. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we need a flyer. Now, since starting the Valhalla Club and being able to talk about the upcoming events and everything in a monthly show, have you noticed like an increased turnout at those events for even people that were part of that community or people you knew were there but got to make it to these events that they might not have heard about if they weren't checking message boards or Facebook posts or anything like that? So for us as a podcast, right, and driving engagement and participation for events. So we're in this wonderful, weird spot where we have a Colorado dedicated Battletech Discord and we have a Colorado dedicated Facebook group. Fun fact, I think 80 plus percent of individuals in the Colorado Battletech 
Discord server. Now, yes, um, uh-huh. 90 plus percent of gaming planning happens in the Discord. And that happens in the Colorado Battletech Discord. And we are a Colorado Battletech focused podcast. And also 90% of those individuals are not <laughs> in <laughs> the Colorado, are, are, are not in the, uh, the Valhalla Club Discord. But honestly, that's fine because the majority of the game planning and everything else happens in the Colorado Battletech Discord. So, like, we received an email today from Power Turbine, who you guys also recently uh, submitted a or vocalized a comment, right? From him for your remembrance part one. That's right. But yeah, so he asked was like, hey, is there anyone in Salida or Canyon City? And I know in the Discord that we don't really have anyone there. But I also know that the Facebook group has more individuals. I haven't even seen, I haven't been able to see that today, but I will get in contact with them. That's only an hour from me. So there Ayo. we go. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> I made the post, right? So like he asked a question through the podcast. You're talking about Power Turbine, a.k.a. Air Mac. <laughs> yes. AKA That's John. the dude. That is the dude. Yeah, cool super guy. cool guy. And he asked if there were players in this area. And I know that the Facebook group is actually larger than the Discord group. So I went on the Facebook group and asked, like, hey, like, do we have players in this area? So wait on responses. So if you're hearing this and you're in that area, that might be a good cue. Hit them up. Hit, <laughs> hit them <Call> up. <laughs> <laughs> but... What about New Mexico? You chill with New Mexico? I mean, it's feeling? a different state. <laughs> di- it gets dicey. We are different state. solely focused at this moment until me and Rick both move to Alaska. And then we're going to be like, oh, now we're in Alaska like the and Vikings, Colorado. The number one Alaska Battletech podcast. We're just talking about Alaska Battletech. How your games played? Well, I just play games with you. so With also these nerds from Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to that point, we actually had someone come up from New Mexico for a, a regional, well, a, a local con just last month, and he he led some games there, and and that's how he had heard the podcast and everything, and so he mentioned that and said, "Oh yeah, that was cool," and really liked Who the Discord. And, and, <laughs> I don't I don't remember his name, but uh, he he ran event to con, so it was really cool. Well, hell but, yeah. Uh, I was in California at NTC for Army Bullshit, so that's why I didn't meet anyone. Mike, you are the Colorado (laughs) Battletech podcast, but if your you know influence grows, you will start to encompass the nearby states. We you know we might run into and oh it oh and what if they all start their own podcasts? (laughs) So then we have some like regional beef (laughs) with like like, fifty different podcasts. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Does anyone else feel like Kanan is like a, a mastermind at like this, like planning to take over the world? If you guys have some peaking in the brain. Look, look, that's all good. But the alcohol, the booze, that's, that's true. That's very right. yeah. like, Oh, what do they do? Uh, they that's drink. the only thing we got going on. That's their thing. They drink Colorado. and talk, talk so about. much. Yeah. Hey, we knew as soon as we encountered Battletech alcohol in the stories, we knew who to call. We knew who we had to get in there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's true. No, but yeah. So, um, 
It's been great. The podcast server is templated entirely off of the Colorado server because as Dave may or may not want to admit, I created and structured both of those things. (laughs) But so we do a really good job of tying folks into or like like getting them in contact with other folks in their area, whether that's within the Colorado community or as we talked about earlier, Indiana community. Um, we're all about building the Battletech community as a whole. We may talk about uh, some of our official, like, well, unofficial events that we host here, narrative events, WolfNet events, what have you. We've been very busy <laughs> and the Patreon for Colorado Battletech has been growing a lot. Like we had two new subscribers literally just today. And that's that's another $15 in the pot per month. And let's be honest, $15 per month is essentially another force pack that we can give away as a price support, this, that, and the other. And we have also got a extremely large... 3D printing community. I mean, let's be honest. We we also have in Colorado Thunderhead. Mm-hmm. Like Thunderhead yeah. is a part of the Colorado community, and he's been doing amazing work for terrain for BattleTech Alpha Strike specifically, yeah. but also Classic, um, because a lot of his files are hex based, not hex based, what have you. They can, it can be used in any format, um, and they look amazing. Yes, they look great. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Like absolutely amazing. So little nugget that I didn't know of right away that I was like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> we, we have, we've also got Thunderhead right here in Colorado, but the community is great and it is ever growing. And, and, and yeah, the, the podcast server is structured off of the local server with some additional tweaks, like giving y'all your dedicated booths. Cause we also know. That there are at this point, I mean, us included, right? <laughs> uh, various, <laughs> various Battletech podcasts, and we're kind of all over the country. And we just want to see this franchise that we absolutely love thrive, right? Absolutely. And what can we do to help make it thrive? So if we can have a centralized location where we can all hang out, we can all communicate, we can plan games, we can both whether it's on a tabletop or MechWarrior Online or MechWarrior 5 or HBS Battletech, like whatever, right? That's what we've been working towards. And I think we're in the right spot. Like, yes, it started as the Valhalla Club server, but at this point it's become literally everyone's server. The, the everybody server. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's a real Valhalla server. Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was about to say, it. I think the name became more... It, it's like, I mean, the Valhalla Club was you guys, but now it's like, it's the Valhalla Club, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that's how I think of it. Uh, <laughs> it yeah. It's, and like, it's it still fits the... lore wise. <laughs> yeah. So, like, that's cool because that was my yeah. intent with naming the podcast. <laughs> so, it still fits lore wise. But, like, giving y'all your own dedicated channels to communicate with your fans and anything else that comes up. Nate's been doing great work by interviewing various individuals throughout the community. Um, there's been some talks. Shout out to Nate. Nate yeah. is <laughs> he's doing great work. He is doing, yeah. he's doing currency's <laughs> work. 
doing the work of the holy blake nate nate took tara (laughs) no no, he didn't take tara his steel vipers are still in the home worlds oh that's right (laughs) that was low man that was low it it may have been low but he did make that super public right so (laughs) he did not claim a winner Okay. <laughs> and I think he's he's hit on something now. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal your steal your mic for a second, Mike. Oh by all Take means. <laughs> but I I think he's hit on something though. I mean, the more we get involved with other podcasters, because some people, you know, like Matt had said, some people just listen to MacBay, or some people just listen to Wolfnet, or some people just listen to you guys. But having guests on to talk about their podcast. Now all of a sudden they've you've opened up the opportunity you've opened up the universe to them to go oh there's a Colorado dis- Discord there's a Colorado podcast let me go listen to those guys let me go listen to the tech guys and talk about mechs on the origins or I really love tanks yeah. let me listen to armor up kind of stuff you know that's mm-hmm. the kind Absolutely. of stuff that really is community building you know it's it's spreading the knowledge establishing the Helm Memory Core out there in the universe. Armor Up is wild because if you're wondering to yourself, how many podcast episodes can there be about various tanks and battle tech? It's more than you think. Like it is, it is a, yeah, it's uh, more. Yeah. It's shocking. And like, they're all entertaining. I just, uh, but shut up. I love that one. From the outside looking in, if you told me seven years ago that the battle tech community be this robust and vibrant, I, I would have said thank you. I mean, I wouldn't have believed you, but I would have, I would have said appreciate. I appreciate you feeding my fantasies. And even only a couple of years back, like it was like what two Gen Cons ago. I mean, there was like Renegade yeah. RPG. He's been podcasting since I don't know, like 1998 or something like that. But you know, and then like then Wolfnet. And now there's so many, and it hits great in two ways. The first. You know, I, I we play every other week in my local game store, and we're getting a lot of returning players, and we're getting a lot of new players. And being able to sit there and say, hey, are you on Discord? Go here. Or like, are you on Spotify? Go here. D- you know, check these guys out. They talk about the rules. You know, check out this, guys. You know, this. I'm like, you know, if you're on Discord, go here. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of things. They, they talk about the rules. They talk about lore. Just the the accessibility of the community to new players and returning players is just amazing. So, you know, to do my Gen Con recap, um, you know, I stayed in that. I stayed in the podcaster <laughs> house, you know, quote unquote, you know, the Wolfnet house uh, with the Wolfnet guy. It, it was more by accident. Almost. It was kind of like I needed a place to stay and I hadn't thought too far ahead. But it was the greatest thing ever. Me and the kids, both of them. And we stayed there and it was just amazing. There was no pride. There was no ego checks. There was no thing will bother measuring me over there on the alpha strike table. This this was the the, the of Mex and Men team. You guys you guys stayed somewhere else because you guys were wacky. But when the, you guys showed up like in the second night, quality it, in, yeah, it wasn't like oh, those oh those dudes are here. It's like holy, shit, it's the Mex and Men guys. And then they started swapping patches and stickers and dice. The the community within the community, like all of y'all, you know, from the outside looking in, you are all raising all ships. You're not out there torpedoing each other. You're not shooting each other down. You're not sitting there laying mines in front of each other. The community of community builders, the community of community influencers is just amazing. And so, you know, from the outside looking in, 
the community progress that is being built to lift up and support new players and beginning players is because all y'all, you know, and, and all I'm extending that out to the Wolfneck guys and to everybody who's not on the podcast right now, all of you support each other. Like when Nate was sitting there, you know, he's, and it's like four hours long, 18 hours long. I'm only like a third of the way through it. And he's sitting there talking to all these people. It, it's amazing. Everybody wants to talk and he's so cheerful and happy. And it's Absolutely. not fake. It's not fake. Yeah. It's not made up. It's, it, it's truly how the Battletech community is. And it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So that also feeds back. Why do I keep writing? Because I love it. I love it all. I love the people. I love the fan, you know, so that was like the outside looking in. Yeah, I think I think Nate hit on something because I mean he had three podcasts on there that I'd never even heard of. I was like, I gotta go check these guys out. Yeah, right. That was fantastic. I was like, I had Absolutely. to throw it in there at least once. I wish I wish I spoke German so I could listen to that dude. You know, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Deutsch. Yeah, mm -hmm. dude. Germany has those books too. There's like German exclusive that's, that's battle tech. Some yeah. of that is uh, Daniel Eisberger stuff. You know, he's dude. He's that guy's a rock star in Germany. Yeah. He, he is. He is. He's a, been trying to king over there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He, he, or whatever Germany has now. Prime Minister. The Prime Minister of Battletech. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Germany. German. German yeah. Battletech yeah. community. He's they also over. have great food. Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my last name is Kleinfelter for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're biased. But, so that's true. That's true. I am biased. Yeah. Nobody's come out and said it, right? But I. I feel like everyone's kind of on the same page that we want to be these mutually supporting assets. We we want to like kind of elevate people, and I'm glad that that's what an outside perspective is seeing. And I feel like I truly do feel like everyone I've interacted with in this community also has that same intent in mind. Yeah, I know all of us are so excited when we see a new episode of any BattleTech podcast show up in a feed somewhere. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. well, I know what I'm listening to today. But to circle back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about with the regional-based podcasts and things, one of the big points I've noticed that I've been really excited about listening to, uh, like Valhalla Club, where you're talking about games going on in Colorado, where it's like, am I going to have a chance to play in Colorado? Not this month, not in your next upcoming event or anything like that. But you guys, especially like in your anniversary episode, you were talking about some of the events you had just gone through, some of the scenarios that you got to play. And that's something we get on WolfNet and MechBay as well. But me and Brent have been working on starting up a local community as well. And hearing the responses you all receive and the fun people had through events or the idea behind a game is so interesting and exciting that you're like, oh, I want to try to run something like that as well. So I think that's another nugget that we all get out of this is that there's a little research going on by what events are working, what events aren't working, where can somebody else pick that up and keep running with it and bring that to their community? Matt? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's really interesting how a lot of this is geared towards just kind of building, you know, like, like Jason was mentioning, it kind of, we're trying, trying to help everyone kind of, you know, float up a little bit more and, and continue to grow the, the communities out there, especially with the, the game and the game it's, it's part of the whole Battletech universe in our, you know, in our lives, because it kind of drives a lot of the money that goes into producing the lore and a lot of the other things because of the, the miniature cells and things like that. But it's not the only part. 
but it, it, as far as like a community building, it is a large portion of it. Uh, when you're getting out there with other players, you're rolling dice or whatever. That is how a large portion of the community has grown, especially what we've seen out in Colorado. Events are kind of an indicator of how kind of like week to week play is going. Um, and I, I just jotted down some notes that I thought about um, for myself. I've, I've done... I'd say a little bit of, of gameplay, a lot of event coordination and planning and stuff. And, and I think one of the amazing things about Battletech is that on the game side, the game essentially sells itself. We don't, we don't, we're not the ones that are like, Hey, come look at this. Usually it's that we're playing a game and someone in the game store wanders through and they're like, Oh, it's Battletech or, Oh, it's big stompy robots or, you know, something cool. And then you're like, Oh yeah. You know, if you've, if you've seen this before or not, this is this kind of how you play it and stuff. And, and essentially we're, we don't have to like proselytize Battletech. We can do some things to kind of tweak the community building in an area, but the game is already there. The lore is there. This, this whole universe is there. And so it's kind of like, we just have to kind of introduce people to it and then they can go wild, you know, and we've all been through the, the whole rabbit hole syndrome, like every single day or something. But I think one of the things that really helps to build communities is consistency. So, like you guys put out uh, an episode on Wednesdays, right? And so, our, and people know that. And so they're like, okay, I know when I'm going to get this content. I have this consistency thing. And, you know, when you skip a week, maybe people get a little bit, you know, hangry. <laughs> I, I, I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> they're nice comments, but it's still, it's like, they're like, hey, come on, where's my episode, bro? Where's my uh, episode, bro? Where's my <laughs> a whole month, dude. <laughs> yeah. But it's the same thing with, with gameplay and with events that where we see that sometimes, you know, where we have a, like a regularly planned game night, a weekly game night, and people will be like, okay, who else is going to be there? Because I'm expecting this thing to be happening. So consistency is definitely one of the things that if you're trying to build up a community in a particular locale, you should, uh, you should think about, you know, a weekly, biweekly, you know, whatever. If it's you just want to sit and talk about lore, you just want to play a game, whatever it is. And I think, you know, consistency in also in kind of these, these things we're putting out, like the discords and, uh, you know, Facebook groups or whatever, I think is really good because then it just allows people to feel more comfortable and to, to develop some sort of trust with it, with the group, with the people that are there. I really like to reach out to individuals because no matter what, you know, this thing is an individual thing, whether it's a person reading a book, you know, they're reading on guard for the first time. That's that personal thing you know, that personal touch they'll feel. But especially in gameplay, I'll generally put out like an announcement like, oh, we're going to have an event or we're going to, you know, we're gonna, we're planning on playing on Friday night at seven at this place. But I really like to reach out to, to individuals that have, you know, maybe I've seen an event and would love to invite them back to like, oh, this is the regularly planned night. So I think touching individuals, not just blabbing out, you know, a Facebook post or whatever, really, really helps people. And if you really want to develop something, you got to start somewhere. Start with your buddy. So start with numero uno, you know, your buddy there. Hey, let's go play this game shop. <laughs> and, you know, I've seen quite a few groups, especially along the front range there in Colorado. That's how they develop is like, hey, I want to play. Where's a place to play? Like in, in Denver at Wizard's Chest, 
I don't know, like a year ago, there was no Battletech there. And now they have every Tuesday night, like eight to 10 players. They have two campaigns running by themselves. You know, it's none of none of us from the podcast or anything. And they've come to events that we've put on, but they've already, you know, they've taken kind of the reins there at, at Wizard's Chest and they're, nice. they're gung-ho over there. And, and that's happened in several areas in Colorado. So kind of consistency and kind of that personal touch. And then we, you know, we talked, like you mentioned, we talked about, quite a few local events that we've put on uh, through the year. We've had a variety of things. We've had classic events. We've had alpha, you know, quite a few Alpha Strike events. Um, we've had narrative events. We've had all sorts of stuff. And it's definitely brought like different people in. So having that diversity there is really good. Um, but being like, you know, we're not going to just have two months of events and then you won't hear from us for the next eight or something. So that kind of builds into that consistency as well. And I think the last thing is like connecting to these regional communities as well. Like, you know, Canaan, you mentioned, yeah. what about New Mexico? You know, that's, you know, we, we, we are a Colorado podcast, but that doesn't mean we wouldn't love to connect more with the, the New Mexico community, the, you know, Utah, whatever it may be. So to that point, you know, we have coming up January of next year, the Las Vegas Open. So we'll be hosting or I'm kind of in charge of the whole Battletech thing there. And, and I've, I've kind of put out feelers to these other communities to try and invite them because it is kind of a regional yeah convention where we can meet these other people and you guys can speak to like your your experience at gen con how cool that was to like meet other people that are like nerding out the same you know you're both like trembling anticipating like oh yeah oh yeah it you was know, amazing God, you know i can't believe that yeah. in the line <laughs> i really couldn't yeah but wasn't that so yeah. cool i mean just think about that that was so cool i i could like feel the emotion in your guys's voice and that's the emotion that i feel when i have an exciting moment in BattleTech and and I, I love the game and I love the atmosphere, but I totally agree. The people that play Battletech, I don't know what it is, but I, they're just so cool. And they're like, you know, we're all different, but they just send, generally seem to be like good, nice people. And I want to hang out with them. So these these kind of larger regional events offer that opportunity. So I would I would totally invite anyone to come out to Las Vegas, you know, for the Las Vegas Open in January. Uh, we have details on that in our Discord and whatnot. But, you know, if, if you're not here out here in the west <laughs> then go go somewhere else you know go go to gen con go to adepticon but go or any of these regional cons different ones yeah you know oh yeah yeah but definitely connect with with more outside of your local region all right that's what i'd say yeah and just to do the first sergeant thing and piggyback on what matt says heck yeah <laughs> you know yes just, for sergeant yes for sergeant <laughs> <laughs> he's the ceo man I, i'm just i'm just piggybacking <laughs> but uh you know, there was a guy in North Thornton in Colorado that he was like, hey, I'm going to be at this game shop. And if anybody shows up, I'm just going to be there painting. If you want to get a game in, we'll get a game in. And and it's the consistency piece and that you've got to be there for. You know, if you want to build a community, you've got to show up as well. You can't just say, well, one time I went there and nobody was there, so I'm not going back to that store kind of thing. If you want that to be your store, because it's five minutes away from your house, go up there every Thursday night, every Friday night, every Saturday day, whatever you want to do, and just sit there and, and read a Battletech book and wait for somebody to show up and see, put at least something Battletech related out there so that they go, hey, is that Battletech? Hey, let me check that out. You know, or do you play Battletech? Yes, I do. Let's do some, let's, let's roll some dice, bro. is key. You know, that's, that's yeah. a big part of it. 
And it does seem like it's definitely a lot easier than like five to 10 years ago. As Hansi, you were saying, I remember me and Brent uh, when we first moved down in this area going and desperately trying to find Battletech groups. We went to every game shop. Anytime we were somewhere, we went to a game shop and we'd go, hey, you got any Battletech here? And five to 10 years ago, the answer was, what's Battletech? Now, when we go and we ask, it, basically, anytime I travel, I go to the game shops there and I ask about Battletech or what, what's going on here with the Battletech scene. And people are like, oh, yeah, we've got people here now. Or uh, we have a group. I know a group at this other store nearby. Uh, they've got it in stock. They, you can go into so many of them and see Battletech. And that is an amazing feeling. Yeah, yeah. My, my work has been sending me TDY a lot lately. I always go and hit the local stores and I ask, hey, do you guys have a Battletech game? And a lot of them, are, you know, I miss it. You know, like, oh, yeah, it's regular Thursday nights or we have a group that comes every Sunday night or something like that. But they all have a group that comes in. You know, yeah. I I look, I was down at Fort Moore and I happened to be like, hey, do you have a group? And they're like, well, normally they come in on Sundays, but they're playing right now. And I'm like, right now, right now? He goes, yeah, they're in the back. I'm like, Let's I'm go. on my way. It was a dude. And God, I, <laughs> I forgot his name, but and I wish I could remember. Um. But yeah, but, you know, shout out to them down there because he sat there and he built that group essentially by scratch. He sat there and just kept coming in and finding people that wanted to play. And now they've got a whole bunch of players. He's they've Like I said, they they, uh, they normally play like on Sunday nights, I think. But they also there's a couple other guys that can't make Sundays. So they play on Thursdays or something. So just, yeah, they just they forced it. They 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 made it into being. They manifested it. And yeah, it's all over. I think it's great, too, because I know Hanson and I are like the same age, I think. And uh, I don't know what that says about me, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, growing up. Maybe you know, old. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> you know, back, back then, game stores, they didn't really have tables. I'm not sorry. No. Yeah, no. They, it was just stores where you could go and buy games. You couldn't play them there or anything like that, you know, and so. I don't think I played a Battletech game in a store until like 2005. My, yeah. When I was in high school, we, we, uh, I remember distinctly, uh, TRO 2750 came out and normally we played in my buddy's grandma's house in his basement, but, yeah. uh, we couldn't that, that weekend. So yeah, we played in a Burger King because, you know, you just couldn't play in a game store. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It was yeah. just, I mean, game stores were for buying stuff. That's all they were there for. They didn't have tables. They didn't, they didn't have chairs or anything like that. You know, they were just, you go in and buy the minis and buy the two or three source books that were on the shelf. And that was about it. You know, so I mean, nowadays, every game store seems to have a table room or, or a couple of tables sitting out somewhere that you can throw a map down and, Hell, I mean, me and John did it one night at a bar one night. We just threw out one of the maps and started playing <laughs> while we were drinking, listening to music. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things. Does that surprise anyone, really? Does that surprise anyone <laughs> yeah, you were playing in a bar? No. Absolutely not. You know, I'm Marine. What do you get? <laughs> I'm born in a bar. So I, I, will, I will also throw in something that Ben's really harped on that's really good, is that you're, you're, you're kind of your behavior when you're playing a game and someone asks you a question like, oh, is that Battletech or something? It's really important as well to be very welcoming and just uh, maybe have some sort of like, you know, kind of your two-minute, what, what I call an elevator speech ready about Battletech, you know, well, this is this, and maybe if you played Warhammer, you know, you roll these dice for this or whatnot, and these are the big stompy max, these are the vehicles, and, you know, this is kind of the gist of it. 
want to sit down and play because, you know, if people are coming up and they're asking you a question, they're obviously interested. Mm -hmm. They're not just asking questions because they're not interested. So they obviously already are on the first step to really wanting to be part of the community. From there, it's kind of you're just helping them kind of get into that that first step. So, you know, we've run into some people that like they just want to play their game. They don't want to talk to anyone. That's okay. I'm glad they're playing their game, but it doesn't really build a community to like, you know, not take the two minutes or whatever out of your game to really, you know, just give a quick explanation and then invite them to play. So that's, that's been really something that we've tried to work on um, amongst ourselves, especially on the podcast, but uh, as well as other people that are kind of trying to organize in the community. So be welcoming for sure. Yep. Yeah. I remember when you did the episode about community building, uh, one of the things that really stuck to me when we were thinking about like, what do we do when people come up to the table was, Try to get dice in their hand. Try to get them playing. They have shown interest. They're welcome to the table. And that is something that like when people started coming up and asking us, what is this? And it's like, well, hey, take a look. These are these are the mechs. Sit down. You can start playing with us. And people are really excited to do that. Yeah, that's the start of the the crack cocaine, you know, addiction right (laughs) there is that you you roll dice and something happens from your roll that was awesome. And then you're like, I want to feel this adrenaline again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. You just hand them the dice. It's like, here, Mm. roll these. And they roll them. And they're like, what did I just do? And you're like, 10 damage, dude. (laughs) Just just knock that dude down. That's a critical. Roll them again. You've definitely got to have some kind of guy that will that is a little bit extroverted because look, we're all nerds and and Mm. we're all introverted (laughs) in our own ways. Right. But you've got to have that little piece of you that says, Hey, look, you know, if I don't bring new players into this game, this game is going to die. I have to bring new players in here. And the only way to do that is I've got to go outside of my comfort zone and actually talk to people. So (laughs) that's, that's a big part of it is you have to talk to people that are not part of your tribe, you know, that are that yeah. are not part of the Battletech tribe, you know, and to get them in there. We Like I said, we've been playing every other week now for since I moved to Virginia. Like, so for like nine years. So that's a lot of games, you know, it's, you know, hundreds. And normally we play like 10 to 15K, bring whatever the hell you want. But what we've been doing really since the last Kickstarter is we'll we'll play three or four games of just using the stuff from the box sets, you know, and now even uh, we're using a lot of 3d terrain and stuff like that. You know, we're the, you know, props to the, the guy who kind of runs it all a guy named, named Chuck, you know, we're, we, he's got all the mechs painted up in like Lance colors. He's got the 3d terrain. We play on the maps that come in the set and we're welcoming new players. And then like every fourth or fifth game, we'll be like, all right, free for all. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. And uh, I always bring my intro box set. Because every so often somebody comes, I'm like, you know, hey, I've got my intro set. Do you want me to teach you the rules over here on this other table? Give me five minutes and at least I can run you through it, you know, so I can show you what you're getting into before you spend. Because, you know, 25 bucks or 50 bucks, it's an investment. I can take five minutes to walk you through and then you can make an informed choice. And, you know, I'm not, I, I get paid by the word. I don't get paid to sell the product. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. And, yeah, it's, you know, talking to people isn't my jam, but. By being welcoming and, you know, sitting there, just passing my mechs off to somebody on my team and, you know, taking five minutes to walk a new person through what's going on or walk them through my sheet. You'd never know. That's the next person who's going to pick up a box set, you know, and it really did happen. Somebody, mm-hmm. he, uh, we walked him through it as he, oh, this is really cool. This is really cool. I can't play this time. And he comes back the next week with painted mechs. It's like, hell yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Hey, so 
so real quick, a little rapid fire question here for, for everyone. Uh, so when you get a new player on the line, do you send them to a game of armor combat or the alpha strike box set? Alpha strike. I 100% generally send them to the uh, game of armor combat, but I walk them through both. And I explain, you know, because luckily our game stores, we've got, I've got one on the south side, one on the north side that I always go to. And they, they, they carry both. And so, uh, yeah, I'll walk them through them both and I'll sit there and explain and I'll explain the differences. And I, and man, they, they, the guys were cracking on me on the Gen Con recaps, but I've got my patter down pretty good. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I tell them, like, me and my kids, we did a, a battle, a Coventry battle, you know, 12 on 15 and two and a half hours, you know, which is in an alpha strike. That's something alpha strike brings to the table. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I can walk people through in about 90 seconds, the differences between the box sets. And then I just let them pick, you know, just let them do what they want to do. So I, I like, I'm a classic guy. We play classic. They're watching us play classic. So I aim them towards classic, but I 100% to walk them through alpha strike and say for bang for the buck. <laughs> the, the amount of mechs in here is just redonkulous. So, <laughs> yeah, I like what Jason said. Um, I think I I gravitate towards the Alpha Strike side one because generally the people that we're seeing come toward the community are coming from other kind of wargaming backgrounds where it's more similar to Alpha Strike than it is to classic BattleTech. Also, because like Jason said, the number of minis is many more. And you're not limited to hex bases. We have a huge classic Battletech community in in Colorado. And a lot of people, well, I should say a fair number of people do go through Alpha Strike. And then they're like, well, I want a little bit more meat to my roles. You know, I I want a little bit more. I need some more bubble feeling in my life. (laughs) So that's when we say, okay, hey, you know, we've got classic as well, you know, and and there's plenty of both being played at our, uh, usually at our game nights. So you know, Alpha Strike is kind of the jam that I think is easiest for them to get into, but there's definitely you know validity in both and, and you know other types of battle tech as well. I, I think it's also what's popular in your area. Because if you push Alpha Strike on them, then they come back and people are only playing classic, you just kind of shot the customer in the foot. So yeah. I think it's also like North Carolina, you know, that the, the Mechway guys, they they have some a lot of Alpha Strike going on down there. So I would imagine they probably push the Alpha Strike. Well, here in Virginia, it's almost all classic. I mean, I think right. they're doing a little bit of alpha strike up by, by up in like Fredericksburg, but yeah, up in yeah, it, it it you know Virginia is a, it's a, a very classic stronghold. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I I think from from my end, it's it's more I'm a spreadsheet guy, and aside from my word vomiting for writing, I've talked to a lot of guys at Colorado in Colorado at our events and stuff like that, and especially guys that are coming in, and I take a different approach to both what Matt and Jason said, where I try to get to know what games have they played already. What do they What do they play already? Are they a Warhammer guy? Are they a a uh, a bold action guy? Are they a D and D guy? And that tells me right off the bat. Okay, if they're a bold action guy, they want fast paced stuff. They want Alpha Strike type stuff. If they're a D and D guy, they want the nitty gritty. They want the nuts and bolts. They want the the classic side of stuff. So, and then I ask them also like. What do you not like about the games that you've played already? You know, and then it's oh, it interesting. Helps, it helps me steer them towards what I think they would would be in, involved in, you know, or what they want to get involved in. So, I've I've got my Ben. This is great advice. I'm, I'm going to sell so much. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be killing it next For year. Example, 
you're gonna sell so much stuff at Gen Con. I want to be a least, on the floor. I want at least you know one like, percent royalties. If whatever someone... you sell, <laughs> from whatever you make off the sale, which I know is zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One percent and zero. I can float you that. <laughs> yes, and it is just it's just conversation and it doesn't take long and it doesn't take much time out of your game so it's just conversation it's you know it's not bad exactly it's like what if you're talking to someone and they say like well i played this game but i feel like the turns didn't <laughs> exactly <take out."> exactly <laughs> i have a product for you right? let me introduce you to a product called pack ops <laughs> exactly you, you want some nitty-gritty yeah. stuff hey there's a podcast called bungle tech let's talk about that <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to show you the TAC manual. <laughs> Do you want to run through the mud at night? Have I got a book for you? Put <laughs> the sign right here. This is your contract for enlistment. You know? <laughs> no, I will say that that's kind of another aspect of how the game sells itself is because there's still something for everyone. You know, there's, there's oh, that D and D player. He wants like the Solaris seven, you know, like, uh, you know, he wants every little juicy detail out of a one v one fight, and then you've got the dude, you know, that wants to run a company at a time and wants his game done in an hour. And there's something for everyone. I mean, there's still like we haven't even talked about like you know, like aerospace and all sorts of other stuff. So there, there is still tons of stuff available uh, for the BattleTech community to um, play. Huge fan of aerospace. Just saying. No, you're not. Good job, Mike. Make the fight three dimensional. That's what city body is for, bro. Put fighters in the sky. Put them in there. Everyone loves the aerospace rules. Oh, I'm talking about Elf Strike. Uh, the Elf Strike, that, it's pretty cool. With the, uh, yeah. You're the best, Kevin. If I don't feel good about it, I just, you know, I just punch out. I do. I'll get three words in a like, like that sentence. I'm done. Or who is it? Billy Rolfson? I, I cannot speak at all towards aerospace and classic. I, not many people but, can. But Alpha Strike, sure. And we haven't even mentioned that they have two role playing A Time games. of War and McWarrior Destiny. Yes. Boom. Boom. There it is. I just wanted to say, well, to uh, Matt. You're so eloquent. You're so well spoken. For, <laughs> so I, like a, That's why we keep he's him around. Way better than so I. Am. I was like, oh, this guy. They need to let this guy talk more. That's why really. we keep him here. <laughs> You're killing it. Very, very thoughtful responses. Very well spoken. Excellent advice. Matt. Matt is the Valhalla Club conscience. Yeah. That's, that's why, beautiful. That's why his questions are like he answers questions last. So that he can clean up our I mess. I see that. Yeah, I see. Okay. <laughs> Let's wrap that up with. Yeah. He's a moral compass. Before we get to the action, before we get to the air thing, uh, thanks again for everyone coming on. This has been awesome. Yeah, thank, thanks for the invite. I saw the little thing saying you guys are recording. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, just, you know, check what's going on. I'm just on my way. Answer is always up. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if that guy sleeps. I think he's either writing yeah, or on Disney. Not write. <laughs> yeah. Procrastinating is an important part of writing. I almost feel part of it too is when I see Hans on Discord, like typing a bunch of stuff, I'm like, oh, cool. He's not writing. Let me see if I can write something before he gets it in, kind of thing. <laughs> but it never, it never pans out. It never pans out. 
You need well, to mur- murder oh, yeah, more characters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Well, my nephews happen to be in town. And, you know, my, my kids were teasing me, just giving me hell about how many people I'd kill. And I, I, I had to, you know, explain it. I came up through Battlecore, and one of Jason Schmetzer's rules was, do not submit a sequel, do not give me a, a, a series, do not give me anything like that. He was like, if I want a sequel, I will tell you. And that was his hard rule. So when you go into a story knowing there's no sequels coming, you can tell a story honestly. Like, I don't kill a character every story. I'm like one in three, I guess. But I kill them often enough that when people read my stuff, they don't know who's going to make it, which I love. But it's just it's <laughs> it's just telling it honestly because I haven't actually written a sequel yet. I would love to, but yeah, it's it's because I, it just it's it, it was my writing is a, a product of my first editor, Jason Smetzer was he he was a great editor, absolutely a phenomenal writer, and he you know his rule shaped how I write. I write with I hold nothing back. You know it's. I write no sequels, so who cares who makes it and who doesn't? It's just, you know, whoever make, whoever lives, if I write a sequel, I guess they get to be in it. So <laughs> Yeah, Ben, I think the uh, the answer is more <laughs> Panther Pilots. Is, is <laughs> true. Is true. Yeah. Yeah. Panthers and Stingers. Panthers yeah. and Stingers. <laughs> Bro, somebody the has Panthers, to... dude. They're <laughs> <laughs> well, for life. I was hoping to count how many Panthers were killed so that I can top it by one. You know? <laughs> Bro, he lost count. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah we waxed them dirt pigs i also i think the language is like a little murky where you're like i think i, I don't know if you can be 100 percent sure exactly how many panthers you know what i yes. was thinking you, you you'd have to work alongside the Kellhound source book get those scenarios going <laughs> check cross reference i think there, there was just more work than i was willing to do i'm you know i'm just gonna be honest with you dude it's it's tough man i mean when i was going through price of glory to write uh turning points helm like I had like sheets of notes of like which which mech was in which yeah. scenario type thing, you know. So like when you look at Turning Points Helm, like how I've gotten the uh, the PO and E set up, um, which I've now I'm kicking myself because I'm trying to paint all that and. <laughs> We, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I understand that as well. <laughs> we are still working on doing our little like a video like series of doing turning points helm and hell the, just uh, uh, y'all, they y'all shot it the come footage come down yeah. the foot, or at least some of it they uh <laughs> no, they are actively but but, then, but, um, but there is a lot you're right there's a lot of stuff to paint <laughs> <yeah. I'm, laughs> me and uh me and the uh, metal ed and matt were going back and forth about lvo because i'm running that campaign in a day from that turning points and and me and matt and ed are all comparing like okay well i've got this you've got that crap i've got to paint all this are you kidding me who wrote this dang it i wrote it damn it all right fine i guess i gotta paint it how many how many vedettes was it (laughs) oh that's a lot of considering dropping the vehicles all together but then we were like but then it's not what he wrote yeah like and it feels like a cop out it it's it so We've had a just whole discussion. Tell you about what, it. you three guys just need to come out to Vegas in January, <laughs> and you can just film what we're what we're doing. You know, you, don't even <laughs> have to you can just film what we're doing because me and Ed and Matt are all going to have the the units out there. I think we're running hey, two tables, Matt. Wait a minute, yeah, two tables. Yeah, oh, <laughs> see, white sabers. I sense another there podcast. You get together. <laughs> hey, yo. 
12, 12 yeah. Atreian guards, yep. Atreian, right? 12, Atre- 12 yeah, Atreian, Atreian guards. guards and the fifth Merrick guards that don't exist. But don't 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 bring that up. Hold on. There's something I must yeah. look. I don't even look. I, I just have to say this. <laughs> Brent, so in Price of Glory, remember... This is a trivia question. <laughs> Francine, no, listen. Remember, hold on. Francine Roger, <laughs> the Panther pilot, gets killed by the Thunderbolt. Her cockpit gets crushed. But if you we read Rock in a Hard day. Place, yes. she's in that book. She doesn't die. She doesn't die. She like He like retconned it. Francine Roger is is like clearly if if Rock in a Hard it's like that book takes place after I thought I just realized this the other day when I was like wait I was looking at I was I thought she but when you go back and read Price of Glory it says that she is right. killed or at least it's implied at least Grace yeah. you need to cut all this it's out implied. But... I'm sorry isn't it I just I'm so sorry I, just, I realized this like yesterday I realized this like yesterday and I was uh, like no one and the Sarna I was like no one's talking about don't, this don't let them talk you know, about this, either this is the biggest we have a, we have a, we have a talks team on standby that will take care of oh, anybody no. that talks about it oh we're gonna drop oh. the commanders I am the mi6 but if you remember oh, that no. was our d-lister that was my d-lister for and she lived price of glory and she lived and she won and, 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 or, or, like, oh, and now they're or, all dead they? that's no. true we don't know since aaron hasn't read that book yet right that's right well she got better but I got better. It comes off. You know what's wrong? Is that your leg? Nope. It's not I my leg. I'm oh, well. so I got better. I just... <laughs> I, and I know that Jason was here. I just had to... I, I realized this. And if you go to her Sarna page, it says that she died on Helm. But... She is present in Rock and Roll Place. This must be correct. This must be I don't correct. know anymore. Hey, you can't you can't use Sarna know, as an I official mean, source. I was seriously like, someone needs to tell them. But we all do. Like Bro, I just recorded an Intel brief like three days ago, and the number one source was Sarna. <laughs> <laughs> we all list Sarna. It's the number one. No, source. you got to click like, the little numbers yeah. that take you down. That's tell so you much more work. Then you got to go read the book, Mike. Like Sarna doesn't list like half my stories. They're like, and this is a yeah. work by Jason Hansa. And I'm, uh, uh. <laughs> it's true. Okay. Well, when I did the Intel brief on um, uh-huh. the Russell Hog, uh, <clears throat> yes, Charles, the Russell Hog. Um, Oh, I thought it was Russell Haig. It, it oh, may man. be. Um, <laughs> the, the but that's drama. a matter of opinion. Don't do pronunciations. We, that leads to bad things. Let's transpark that when we need him. The Kungs. <laughs> I, I did. When you, I don't remember what you said for the Kung's arm, but it wasn't the Kung's arm. And I was like, I was dying today. Oh, Brittany yeah. can't say anything about I this. don't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, it will be. <laughs> Us giving somebody a hard time about pronunciation is like a crime. I, yeah. I was like, no one's going to understand what the hell the King's Army is. Uh, so I'm just going to say the King's Army, and that will get the point across. So it took me a second, and I'm like, they don't have a king. <laughs> they got a king. Okay, well, you're part of the 
minority and the people that know it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but no, I knew I was going to make people mad and I knew that it was mostly Sarna, but I, that's, that's, that's what I had. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they were like on five pages. <laughs> so we talked a lot about building up the community, taking those steps and building up groups around you, doing conventions, growing both locally and outside of that. And a lot of that work we do because we want to keep the future of Battletech going. So how do you all see the future of Battletech? Yeah, that's a deep question. That is a deep question. <laughs> I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be what you predict it to be. It, it can just be what what do you oh. want to see? All right. I was talking to Charles last night. Maybe not. Go ahead and go ahead and gaslight him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will throw him on blast because he cannot defend himself that's, right that's now. That's right. Because uh, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm literally messaging with him right now. <laughs> Just tell him Mike is throwing you under the bus. No, we were playing MechWarrior Online last night. It was me, Silent Charles, because it was late in the day, and Jedi Bob. And so you were getting the affirmative and negative from the like from from yes MechWarrior Online. I got Absol it. I got absolutely. It. And he would run into me and just sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then we signed off of MechWarrior Online and the conversation continued. So I have said I don't know if it was on our podcast or somebody else's. Like I said in the beginning, okay, I came to the universe with the clicks, the Dark Age clicks, every single month had a scenario. And those results were reported via the game store's official, right? Think Magic the Gathering, their official judge, sure. Yeah. To a central site, location, what have you. And they weren't necessarily like faction specific, like, it would change month to month. Like, all right, this month was Spirit Cats and Steel Wolves. This month was Liao and uh, Republic of the Sphere. It, it it jumped around. But your standings nationally were tracked via your username, like like your name, right? So, and that's and that's exactly how it's done with Magic, right? You go to the Friday Night Magic, you compete. You win or lose, what have you, and all of the results are submitted via the judge to the central location, and they are tallied over the year's end, and then we have a nationals tournament. Do we have a national Battletech convention? No, we do the f*** not. I know that's going to get censored. I'm sorry. <laughs> we do not have a national Battletech convention. The NBC. The NBC. All of those things. I've had too many beers at this point. Keep going. Don't cut that. Don't cut that. <laughs> He's right. No, there should be. There should be. So WizKids had it figured the fuck out. Wiz now, yes, with Wiz Kids failed. <laughs> <laughs> so, so <overarching>. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have it figured out. 
<laughs> but they did have some, some things figured out. I think that's Wiz what you're handing kids, out. <laughs> mostly figured the fuck out. Mostly. And you can, you can laser shot that all you want. <laughs> the okayest we are the okayest podcast. And here I am as a guest. And I've been drinking and I'm sorry. I think... <laughs> So he's making the point of, and he's not the only one, where clearly Catalyst is building something with the demo team and all, you know, they're clearly, but they're not there yet, right? They're not quite they're not there, there yet. yet. No. They're, they, they're not there yet. We have, there's, 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 there's a lot of road ahead of us. These things exist already, right? It's just a matter of a, adopting it and adapting it to fit this universe. And, such a thing has has already happened in the past. I actually found all of the years PDF file listing off all of shut up, Ben. Listing off all of the scenarios that were published month by month for the clicks game, uh using their official terrain, their factions force building rules, what have you. Where'd you find that at? The dark web? <laughs> bro, bro, I just Googled and I found it. Super, like, super quick. I, I'll send it to you because like it's That's legit. Mike's um, in contact with the ISF. Yeah. Mike, I just want you to know I, I've been rooting for you this whole conversation. <laughs> The link net. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got some links to the MIO. The future of Battletech needs a national convention with a national freaking center point. And me and Charles talked about this. And we went back and forth, right? We went back and forth for a long time. And we settled on, no bias aside, Denver. throw the bias away right it is centralized it is centralized it is also a airport hub yeah Yeah. how many federal holidays exist in the month of april (laughs) zero Zero. i was i was was on the path with you I had followed along. I was ready. Like, I was ready to sign up. And then federal holidays got involved. (laughs) The majority majority of of Battletech players, at least in the Colorado community, are military and or former military. And there are zero. I'm going to say it again. Laser that. Zero. Uh Zero. Federal holidays in the month of April. And I wanted to try and tie it into the lore. Okay. Right. So I was thinking like, okay, May, because it's it's oh yeah. It's Tookie at the oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. May, right? But there's two federal holidays in May. You gotta go to June. One, very unfortunate. Okay. <laughs> the June. June doesn't work because of it's the tourist season for Denver. So nobody go cares sit about down. the tourist season in Denver. <laughs> Yeah, everyone that flying into Denver cares about that. They, they, they celebrate D Day in Denver. <laughs> no, no, no. The Sixth of June movement for Rom and Word of Blake. Come on, Are Hansa, we, stick with but, me here. I know, Mike. You're you. We're gonna go back you. to April. 
to the left. <laughs> we just have to. What we're gonna do is we're gonna apply for a federal battle tech holiday in April. We got zero. If we get one, we can have a convention. Oh my god! It sounds like write your local congressman tomorrow. Pasta manana. Wow. <laughs> All right. This is usually how our podcast ends. We end up at this point at some point. There is no federal holiday at during the month of April. The end of April is the closest to May, which is the turkey month. (laughs) Why why are we why are we laughing? Two hours later. And we've and here's the dream, right? If we force this awesomeness into existence. Yeah. Okay. Both from the authors, from the digital community, from its PGI, Microsoft, what have you. Microsoft recently had an announcement about Megasalt. Megasalt, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You 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 loop all these individuals or corporations, what have you, on the same freaking you don't have to laser that page. <laughs> <laughs> you loop them all together you get them on the same schedule in a year and a half ish you get them on the same location within denver ish and we and we and we make this happen so we're talking spring 2025 i'm talking last weekend of april 2025 right, right april got it that, last weekend of april that's one that, with no holidays with no holidays one that's with no future. holidays that's so right. yeah the future. few so Mike says, future Battletech, sick convention. That's a dream. Big convention, huge blowout, battle, Battletech centric. Centric convention. convention. Absolutely. Sure. I could see it. Is it? Is it? A legit only Battletech convention. The main draw, and this is what we were hung up on last night. I'm sorry if this is crazy. I was intoxicated then as well. The, the main draw to this over everything else is you add in the fact that it's a national level competitive event. And okay. what and you have to figure out is a competitive level scenario event with uh, player statistics tracking through both classic and alpha strike. See, he really liked that continuity, that sense of progression you oh, right. You started with that. He started by saying the Dark Age Clips yeah. game had like and, that you could track your stats. And, and local game store judges, whatever, what have you, whatever you want to call them, which already exists for Magic or Pokemon or whatever. X-Wing was like this. All, all that stuff. I'm going to say stuff. Okay. All that stuff already exists. Thank you. Um, all that stuff already exists. It's just a matter of changing it over from whatever the heck it is to Battletech. And someone is, isn't it Mech Bay or someone with the, someone is building that system that, remember Brent, what would, he would know. The MRC channel, right? Right, 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 right. MRC. You guys know more yes. than me. There is something, there are. Uh, you know, there is something like that, right? Where they're kind of tracking but, stats yeah. and whatnot between matches and such. It's cool. It's a really cool idea. Well, and something I could see, another advantage to having a Battletech-centric convention 
is there might be a lot of people interested in Battletech or have been interested in Battletech in the past, and they might not be aware of the event games that are going on at other conventions. They might not know Adepticon has a Battletech element or anything like that if they haven't been part of the community for a while. And if you have a Battletech-centric convention, you might pull in some of those people who would know what they're getting into by going to Battletech, where you could meet people from different areas or maybe even your own area to be able to expand out people that don't know where to go to get started. I could also see more people piling on because it's like, oh, well, I don't have a lot of money to travel all the time, but but this is my one I'm, I'm into battle tech. It's my like one, like thing a once a year event, once yeah. a year event. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, well this seems like the big one because it's, it's just battle tech. It's uh, and I could see mm-hmm. that being an allure of like, Oh, there's going to be a, a massive people that are all into battle tech all in one place. So the, you know, there's the opportunities for networking and finding like-minded ind- individuals goes up from say other conventions. Yeah, because I mean, like, yes, you have us as podcasters, which was a huge group, both at Gen Con, which just happened, and LVO previously in January, and will likely happen again. But like, have having that that national scene, where you can actually compete to something and log online and see, okay, this is where I stand across both my state, the, the country this, that, and the other, like all that stuff already exists. And and that's what I'm hung up on is like 80% of this stuff. As in like there's programs and stuff already out there. It already that, exists. That it's just a matter of stuff. rewriting yeah, it I ever you. so slightly. Granted, I'm not one of those individuals that. It already used to exist too. I mean, there, are, yeah. there, there used to be MechForce US and MechForce UK. You know, it was like in every, you know, every book and stuff like that. And there was a whole dude up a FASA that that was his job. He said there need people would mail them in, you know, snail mail, and he'd track it and they'd publish it like in battle technology or whatever those magazines were called. So I don't know. Well, yeah, and you used to have the, you know, the Marshall Olympiad that went on for three or four years during the FanPro WizKids time frame where they had worldwide events, which is similar to this worldwide event that's kicking off for those yeah, who yeah. don't know about it. Um, there is should, a worldwide event. Yeah, they should. So, yeah, good job, Mike. Yeah, I could, I could see this idea going, Mike. Um, but uh, the I guess the 100%. competitive. I only see it as a as a component, the hard not part. the. I think the main thing is where you have, you know, I think I've heard talks of a of a you know BattleTech Con or something by itself. I think to really be successful, it would have to be periodic, not yearly. Um, just because you have to make it a unique draw. And that's what a lot of people complain about, about Battletech events at other cons, is that you get nothing unique out of these you know, events or something other than the actual, you're present at this particular time with these particular people, where there's like things offered that would be unique. You know, you can only get here and only here at this time, you know, every five years or whatever. These kind of games and competitiveness lead up to a component of, of such a thing. As, as far as an idea, an initial idea, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and to to that point, right, like that is one thing the WizKids Clicks was able to excel at because of their blind box, unique, uh, pre-painted system, right, 
you were able to, okay, you won this thing. Here you go. Here is this prize. You have this unique elite fighter, this unique elite tank, elite mech, whatever unique squad of infantry, whatever it is, right? For this faction, you won this. Okay, look, he wants... He wants like blind box units, you know, you want to do random pulls on like, uh, you know, with like unique stats. He wants to ladder. He wants like various rankings, perhaps you can like go up in ranking. Check it out. Battletech, the mobile game. Exactly. Exactly. You're doing your dailies. <laughs> you're getting your currencies. Uh, you're doing your pulls, you know, you're laddering. That could, that'd be I don't sweet. know what a that medium, a, like a middle ground looks like for current Battletech versus what I grew up on with the Dark Age clicks. Like I said, I know there's a Bring lot of hate, like a lot of hate for the Dark Age clicks. Bring the clicks back. But their, their scenario system wasn't that bad, right? No. Let's be honest. And their competitive system also, not that bad. Mike, you want to run a side game at LVO, Click Tech? Let's do it. Look, man, it. I'm already busy enough. No, nope. um, <laughs> nope. listen, you got all those clicks oh, in your garage. God, they got to be brought out, dusted off, and put <laughs> them on the table. You got to make your own future, bro. That's right. You got to make That's your own right. future. Look, I, I'm aware that I'm <laughs> making myself busy as it is <laughs> charles is probably going to message me directly to be like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> no it's a podcast bro what do you think and 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 that's where we don't delete that part um <laughs> and, and and you can Wait. tell charles yourself that um i told him <laughs> but there's so it's like i told him and like I've already mentioned, 80% of the work is already done. It already exists. It's just a matter of slightly rewriting it for this universe to fit this format, what have you. It's You don't need to create it. It already exists. So to summarize you, if, if I may, you want a Battletech-centric con that's centralized in, yes. in, in Kones in the, in the United States. and Relatively central. Denver is premier. At Denver. At the end of April. All biases died. At the end of April, as well as you want to see a competitive scene somewhat like <laughs> what we saw with clicks during the Dark Ages. That is, is that like round out your your kind of ask for the future, what you'd love to see in the future of Battletech? Uh, yes. That was Heck. way simpler than what I said. <laughs> and I, I made it super. Com- <laughs> I made it super. Complicated it's okay. What, and I'm sorry. No, no, no. You're, you're. It, it, it's good. I was here for the journey, man. <laughs> I still love you, bro. <laughs> so we can move over and ask Ben what federal holidays he wants to add to the calendar. Yeah, your turn. <laughs> bravo, bravo. Future of BattleTech. I mean. Dude. Do you are you talking about where the direction is going or like is specifically what do you want to see? You know, I think we could all kind of predict where things are are vaguely going. Right. But I want to know what what is what is Ben's ask for the future of Battletech? Like, what's the thing you would you would want to see in the future? What I would like to see. And and here's here's the thing, you know, and I'm going to 
go on a mic rant for a little bit. <laughs> Not sorry, by the way. April so got it. When, when <laughs> I my first Gen Con experience was 2004, and that was a canon event of the Ice Hellions facing the Jade Falcons. And that's when I got to know a bunch of dudes from the Battletech forums that I don't know if anybody even posts on the Battletech forums or not anymore. But um, that that was a thing back in like the early 2000s, late 90s type thing. Canon events were like the draw for me where whatever happened on the table got written into a source book or a novel or something like that, you know, and really... For me, on the Battletech future side, and this, I've said this on a number of occasions to a number of different people, I would love to see the canon events come back to big conventions cool. where they come up with, hey, here's a force list. Here's what we're thinking of. Play this out, and we're going to write it into what the source book is going to be or what the novel is going to be kind of thing. I would love to see that kind of resurgence come back to the big con level type stuff like Gen Con, like Adepticon, right. like even LBO, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's so cool. I, I didn't know they did that personally, but that plays to Battletech strengths. So right. Well. Right. I mean, uh, the, the, the lore, the, the, whether it's even Alpha Strike or even classic, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where you can take the results of what happens on the table and just form a story out of it or, or form, you know, a novel out of it or form even a source book, source book entry out of it. That's what I would love to see from the Baltic gaming side idea. of things. You know, it was just the yeah. canon events come back. Canon events. I'm all, uh, yeah, I love that. That's cool because then you, you know, yeah, like too. you got to be there. If you want to show up for <laughs> your guys, you know, like you had to be there, man. It's like, you know, you could, you can affect the timeline. Right. Right. And that was, that was the big thing. I mean, it was, that was really the first time and, and to date myself a little bit that was when i really got into writing was i met up with a group of guys um jeff swift was one of them um he still writes he, some of his stuff is in chapter 14 mad dog maddox chris thompson a bunch of dudes we formed this little team of ice hellions that went and just destroyed this jade falcon group and we were like this is cool and then like for the next four years after that we met up every time at Gen Con and we always played the canon events and we always got on the same side. And that's where, where I kind of formed a lot of friendships in the Battletech community was from those canon events type stuff and being able to interact with them even off the table was, was kept me going in the, in the Battletech universe type stuff. So the canon events were, were really integral to my growth in the community, if you will. That's all I got to say about that. No, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm not going to derail. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to derail, but but you do make all the same good points, right? So sure, Absolutely. I mean, they're, I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Post, so repost. Because really, when you look at Battletech, in my that's view, the next in, in my opinion, <laughs> yep. You have two different types of players. You have competitive players and you have narrative players. You have, and there's a middle ground too, where you have some people that dive into the competitive side and you have some people that dive into the narrative side. And 
that's what they like doing, you know? So I think having a competitive piece, like Mike was so eloquently stating that. So poor, poorly <laughs> stating. And, and also having a narrative side for those people that want that narrative piece of it. I think that's, you've got to be able to Absolutely. hold both of those in, yes. in your hands. Well, and taking that idea and combining it with Mike's that that would be something that you could use as a big draw for a right. battle tech right. convention would be to mm -hmm. introduce those narrative fights in there. Mm -hmm. The hard part after that is after on the riders. Right. <laughs> yeah. Write right. more, write more. Ben. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave that up to Hanson. He's, he's, he's got more. Yeah, Charles. Than I did. I'm, I'm going to rope Charles back <laughs> into this. We got more writing for you, buddy. Don't worry. Uh, you, you know, Charles is posting like that Mariah Carey meme. I don't know her. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. As as I was thinking about like a week long, relatively ish, slightly less than a week long BattleTech convention, I'm trying to think of the type of things <laughs> that would make it a some something worth yeah. selling, right? Sell, selling tickets for, right? So yes, we have Wolfnet 350. That's a big thing. And as an actual Battletech convention located in the central United States, it could be huge. And they, they already have a means for that. Uh, but there's, there's also the 350-ish doubles, right? Tournament. Uh, there's, so there's 350, there's doubles. Matt is starting, Matt and Ben both are trying new things at the LVO 2024 with Battletech through the ages campaign in a day ish, as they keep saying, um, which are both awesome. But there's, I think there's some other things you could add into it that would make it more like a, a, a like sellable ish event. Obviously, one of the things I already talked about making it like an, a nationals level event. Artist, uh, author, AMAs. The Battletech community is huge and it is extremely expansive. I know, and I'm sorry that I apologize, <laughs> that I, I droned on for so long. <laughs> you, were, you were so eloquent. Uh, extremely eloquent, but like it, there, there's so much there that you could do with it and turn it into a week long event easily. And make it into its own Metcon, Battletech Con, whatever you want to call it type event. And like, yeah, the, the stuff exists. It's just a matter of scheduling and getting the people that want to deal with the headache of leading it. Um, like, like make, you and like, like you and Matt. <laughs> you make a great point, Mike. Matt, what are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. <laughs> I mean, I, I have similar thoughts, but uh, I think I'll start just with kind of the lore side of things. And I'm not fully caught up to the lore yet, but I, I think I'd just like to see over the next couple of years just getting the Ill Clan era fleshed out. Just kind of getting more of like from the lore side, you know, from the big authors like, oh, this is where this group is and, and whatnot. I think that's an important thing. And just to like let it kind of yes. simmer rather than like moving on to something else big. Absolutely. So like get the stories back in, you know, get get those those big figures that you can kind of cheer cheer about and cheer get behind and stuff like that. So I think that's an important thing for the lore side. 
And then for like the game side, I think it is important. And this, you know, the mercenaries Kickstarter relates to this, but like catching up with the miniatures. So like instead of just keep getting more and more like different new ones, I think it's important to go back and like kind of fill out the plastic side of everything else and try and get those worked in. Uh, I've heard, you know, like Intersphere Omnis are kind of in the works and some other things are in the works, which is great. It's great to hear because people, they're, you know, just like I've spoken before, there are people that kind of gravitate to all these little different things and they're like, oh yeah, I want those Intersphere Sucky Omnis. Huh. But, um, the Avatar, so that, dude. Raptor, yeah, bro. I mean, the Raptor. there are some good <laughs> the ones. Raptor. Yeah. The, the Raptor is not one of them, but there are some good ones. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think that's important for the game side as well as I know that there, there will probably be some reworks of some of the, uh, the game side manuals and things like that. And I, I think that's important kind of on, especially if you're going to have a competitive scene, getting a little bit more work on the rules and kind of getting the rest of the miniatures out there. So like, you know, all, all props to Iron Winds, the future is plastic. So um, if they want to continue to make new things, it's, it's probably going to need to go more to the plastic side of things. I'll say what I don't want. And then my last, what the thing that I do want. So my last, my thing that I don't want is to really like take the money that they've gotten from the Kickstarter or kind of the impetus that they currently have and just going wild and going kind of like gangbusters, like Warhammer type thing. We're like, oh, we're just going to like start pumping out stuff that costs a ton and codexes and all that stuff. That's what I don't want. And I don't foresee that as actually happening. It's just always a tiny worry in my mind. But the thing that I do want, and this relates to both what Ben and Mike said, is to create even more of an official in real life battle tech universe because i think that's what is missing you know all the things that we've talked about we have not mentioned catalyst's involvement at all and that's mm -hmm. because catalyst isn't involved and so i think that's the missing link and and you know they're primarily lore writers and that's cool but um there is a gaming side and there is kind of this demo agent side and a lot of it is really kind of disjointed at some points um so i think developing more of a real life cohesive universe to Battletech where it's like someone asked you know oh I've heard about this game Battletech do you know anything about it you can be like the official collection of you know whatever you know with all the links and everything and all the links to the discords that yeah. kind of funnel into it and everything this official place is your fount of knowledge rather than us having to develop that so I think that's like what I would desire not because I want catalyst to like take over everything but i do think they need to take a lot more ownership of their product and kind of their universe that they've created rather than letting us take over and like you know because in in a sense it all becomes fan fiction yeah. after a while we're like you know we have the fiction writers and you're like okay that's great but then like everyone else fills in all these other stories and you're like well is that official or not? Because there's kind of this gray area and it just kind of develops from there. So I, I would like to see a lot more kind of official top-down type organization where, you know, if it has to be, if it's going towards competitive play, if it's going towards bringing in other people, other authors, whatever it may be, I just see kind of a little bit of a lack of forward thinking on Catalyst's part as far as the in real life 
BattleTech universe. And, you know, maybe it does lead to a con, a big con, or maybe it does lead to this re- reinstatement of the, the lore battles, whatever it may be. I think there's a, there's a ton of things it could lead to, but the fact that, that we don't get much from Catalyst as far as like content creators is, is pretty interesting because I, I don't think that's how all communities are. <laughs> but anyhow, that's kind of what I hope and what I foresee for the future. The easy way was just if they hire us, just we'll do it. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't think it had to, has to be that way, but at least making a connection saying, you know, we would love for you guys to like feature this particular thing. You know, we would love for you guys to go over the next, you know, Alpha Strike section, you know, in the new. ASC, you know, whatever it may be, but there doesn't seem to be that connection to like, oh, we're all the content creators or, you know, we're the people kind of on the ground helping develop communities. And then there's not really a connection to actual catalyst, you know, kind of top down information stuff. So yeah, it doesn't, they don't have to hire more people, but the the three of you kind of actually kind of, it seems like there's kind of a unified thing here, which is you want you want Catalyst more involved in kind of organizing things. Am I like picking up on that correctly? Like, like on the game side specific and the community side from, from what you're saying, uh, Mr. Northman. I, I think so. Yeah. I think in that, I think they have, maybe they don't have the capacity to do it. And, and I, I get that they're a small company and everything, but I think they have the opportunity right now to do it for the future. Whereas, you know, they've kind of got an upswing in, in kind of fundage, basically, uh, where they can kind of put this this enthusiasm for the product into something that will lead to something in the future. So as kind of a short-term progress marker for it would be more of bridging that gap between the people that are out there, like the content creators that are making things for Battletech or putting on events for Battletech and just having Catalyst uh, a little more involved in that process. Yeah, I think so. I mean, for, and I'll just give an example. A concrete example was the Kickstarter launch parties. And I know Mike, as, as, as Mike has gone over, you know, <laughs> but we felt a little bit, you know, a little bit besmirched uh, here in Colorado because uh, we didn't get a party or whatever. But the, I don't, that's not really what I want to talk about. What I want to talk mm-hmm. about is how it was organized and how the communication occurred. And I should say, or yeah. the lack thereof, because it really was like, it seemed to be a lack thereof um, in communication, both, you know, up and down the ladder from from kind of communities on the ground up to com- Catalyst and back down. Uh, so I think that could be cleaned up a lot. And that would kind of give more trust to people that are kind of developing communities. And then in return, you know, it would just be, it would make it easier for us to kind of work with Catalyst. Yeah. So something like that. Okay. That's a great point. Are they, yeah, did and do you think that they're heading? Does it does it feel like they're heading in that direction? No, Kanan. Nobody at CGL listens to any podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> did you not see the shout out y'all yeah. got we, uh, in Shrapnel Fourteen? <laughs> what I mean is, do you have do you see indications that that's the direction they're moving? Right. Like, like, do you have faith that they also share that vision of a greater unified kind of organizational apparatus? I would say not currently. Uh, At least I haven't seen any plans to do so. But I think a lot of people are looking for it kind of, you know, like, yeah, 
I, I would love to see a little bit more. I mean, it doesn't have to be immediately off the bat, like, oh, you know, this is all the stuff we're doing to help kind of support communities at the ground level. But it would be fantastic. I don't know. What have you guys, what have the rest of you seen? I don't know. Right. A stronger support program or something like that w- would help. Well, as I said, the FASA had a dude, I, I want to say his name was Beryl, but don't hold me to that. And that was his whole job, you know, and I assume I, I cannot speak. I will not speak. And even if I knew things, I pretend I didn't. Um, I have no idea what's going on. I, but I assume that this is, you know, the competitive side and trying to unify would, is probably very important to the powers that be. And so I assume they have a plan. I, you know, but I have, or assume, cause it's hard. Like we, we pretend like, you know, we're trying to set up a classic tournament. What's the BV? How do we set it up? You know, do we do by scenarios, which I think is a great idea, but super hard, super hard. So I, I, I don't think I'm asking any questions. It hasn't been probably argued over beers at like five Gen Cons past, <laughs> but I really think, and this is just Jason, not Jason, the freelancer. I, I'll probably get a nasty message. I really do think they need somebody that does this. Somebody smart at this, not like Jason, the dumb freelancer with a history degree. Um, you know, like some sort of person to be y'all's contact, the, 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 the one to, I mean, to be the face, the, the one that sits there and sits there and drinks a whole bunch of beer and whatever, you know, drinks, you know, the, the Pelicans with, with Ben, you know, and, and feel the like set up here. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really think that somebody needs to be that communication. And the, because you know, like our store, our local store, they put in for it, you know, and I don't know what happened, but they like didn't hear anything back. And then they weren't. T- and it's like, really? I, it, it's I know Rem has been killing it, but she's one person. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, I mean, Rem is awesome. She's a great she's great in person. And she, they're, they're working her like a, you know, like a sled dog. But there needs to be more. So I don't know. I mean, but I would love to see it because until catalyst unifies the energy at the tables and the energy of the community and links it together in some way that's way above my level and above my history degree you know because that's marketing that's communication that's whatever the heck people go for degrees these days that that's you know synergy and and corporate speak but it needs to be done i think all of y'all have hit that and i i would agree you know, it, it needs, you know, and that's, that's what really needs to take Battletech into the future and to, to unify this energy and this power that's being at the grassroots and to link it with whatever's going on, you know, with product and things and fiction and whatever. <laughs> the, the only thing I would want to see personally, like, you know, product or future Battletech stuff, yeah. it is so hard to join, to get new readers into the universe. I mean, all of us yes. said we, I mean, I mean, I don't know if we took a poll, but like out of the eight of us here on the line, probably about seven out of eight of us came in with a stack poll book, either Warriors of Currency mm-hmm. or Blood of Currency, not Warriors of Currency. You know what I mean? Warriors on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Warriors of Han. Uh, you know, Warriors of Unguard or whatever. Oh, yeah. I love that one. <laughs> Is that a book? Ungarde. Yeah. Are we remembering something? Remember? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We we remember. There, uh, the closest we have is is Brian Young's Question of Survival, which is a great book. Absolutely a good jumping point. And there's a reason why those sold out within like the first 48 hours at Gen Con, because that's the jumping on point. That's the natural, 
you know, what book should I start with? Well, here, start with this and start with a shrapnel and have fun, you know, go with God. We need more of those. And I, um, I honestly feel like we need some sort of trilogy yeah. coming out of whatever happens when the wall drops. Yes. I, I know there's people working on novels, you know, I, I mean, we're talking like Mike and Brian. I mean, smart bubbas that write better than me. You know, I'm the beer and pretzel guy. They're like the smart bubbas, you know, <laughs> so, you know, and I, that's what I'm really hoping that those novels can be is the jumping on points that I can sit there and aim people at, you know, here. We're, this is where the universe is. This is what's going on. Here's where you can jump in without having to read 100 books. So that's what I would like personally. Well, and I know that is discussions that listening to the different podcasts, sitting down with the different members of Catalyst, that that is something that comes up almost every time in those interviews is what is that solution to getting people into the fiction? We ask it ourselves because we were hoping we could provide a you know some sort of guide and even we even now we sit here and we're like ah it's like it's hard to just do do you insert them right into ill clan like do you have them read the gray death trilogy first it's it's a difficult yeah there's not a good answer there's not a good answer you know and when i said that mike is writing i mean mike cerevella not mike stackpole i don't i don't know what mike yeah. <laughs> he doesn't run things I'm always me. wrong. Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike Sackville doesn't check you with me and say, oh, by the way. <laughs> um, but, but you know, that's not knocking. Um, Dominion's Divide is an amazing book. You know, like I said, yeah. Mike Wall is absolutely and, killing um, it out there. So, sorry. Damocles Sanction. Let me interrupt you. Damocles Sanction. What did I say? You said you said the source book, Dominion's which are, Divided. Which, well, yeah, I yeah, know which you, does. I mean, that, that, that yeah. was a test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a test campaign in past. <laughs> That's actually well, uh, Brent. You, I mean, the only Brent was asking me the, the other night. We have this other friend, and he's like, "Oh, well, let's have him just read one of them. You know, one of the new ones. If man, if we could just give him one, what should we?" And I was like, "Uh, probably Damocles Sanction because he was. That's you know, what he, we you came know, He knows the Fed Sons. He knows the combine. Really? It's just this guy. You know, it's like our friend. And you know, that one starts. You get the big battle. Mm-hmm. I was just like, hey, maybe maybe that one's good. You know, he'll catch him up on like, uh, you know, what's going on with the, uh, you know, with the Fed Sons. He knows. You know, it was tough. I, you know, Brent. I was like, when when Brent first yeah. asked me, I was like, I got to think about this. I gotta. But just knowing the guy, right? It's like, it, it, you, yeah, which just means that I have to yeah. tailor it yeah. depending on right. who the person right. is. Yeah. Right. You but know, I th- there's a, I, I could give different answers for everyone. Yeah. I think that goes to strengthen what Jason's saying here about like having a new onboarding trilogy yeah. for somebody yeah. where it's like, this could be more of a universal suggestion to people of like, hey, you're just getting started and you want to be in the more modern world of Battletech. You could start here. And that would go along with yeah. it. But it's still a very difficult challenge to undertake. I couldn't even imagine how to begin that or frame that. Yeah, that, yeah this, this, me saying this is not me pitching this, okay? Because yes. I yeah. wouldn't even know. Well, <laughs> well, Catalyst, Catalyst in live streams has actually said that they want this as well. They're just looking, they're basically, they're, they're like, when it shows up, we're going to, send it out there i'm greatly paraphrasing is, right yes i like how they kind of because i was like well read that 
But then if you're going to read that, you got to read the Craig Reed stuff, you know, go over there, get your elements of treason. And if you're going to read those, I mean, you got to read the, the mercenaries on, or no, what's the one with the, with the gray death. Before, no greater. Well, honor. Yeah. That, that's a good, um, you know, and, you know, pick up the audio book. Oh. Uh, pick, <laughs> as well, as well. Um, you know, and then I'm like, yeah. oh, you got to read that. And you read the, and the, it, the Mercenary's Honor. And like, oh, you know, you, you got to read the run about the Tamar Pack. That's great on Arcturus. It's a good story. And then uh, and it's like, we're going to do that. Well, you know, and, and then you got to read all the source books, you know, start with Shattered Fortress uh, and then kind of start there. And then you're going to want to work your way around. And then like by the end, I had suggested like 16 different pieces of writing. Yeah. What I don't want and, you know, and I know CGO doesn't want is they don't want quote unquote spinal books because then people are like, well, I'll just right. read the spines and I can Good skip point. everything right. out. Yeah. Right. So they're, you know, so that's a tough nut to crack. How do you get like an onboarding trilogy without making it like, well, we'll just read these three books and never read anything again for another 10 years. Good point. A tough problem. It's an incredibly tough problem, which is probably why it hasn't been solved yet. That was about to say, <laughs> yeah. that's that's probably the, uh, yeah. I do, okay, if we, you know, we're talking about the future. I am excited for, I mean, whatever, clearly they're building um, a new kind of stable setting. It seems, you know, we're like, we're kind of setting the stage for, I like, I see what's going on here. I like what they're doing. I I, I, I see that we're, yeah. we're clearly setting up this like new era where like, they're, they're putting all the pieces in place. I think it's cool. I'm into it. There's still more. You know, hey, you know, uh, I, I think I heard the next Craig Reed book is about Hanson's Rough Riders. Hey, don't, 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 don't get my hopes up. Uh, I heard that. I, 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 I read that somewhere. It is, I, I, it, yeah. It's Jihad Era. It was in Stratmo right. 14 and Craig has right. talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wants I, to I tell the story. Like oh, gee. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, I was just saying, Keenan, that I I also like the kind of this opportunity that I, that I think I feel like the story has like a little bit of time to breathe. That's what I was just mentioning. It's like the Ill Clan era is kind of like this. Okay, now what? Okay, so you know, <laughs> you know, Earth was taken, and then we go. You know, Terra was taken, and then we go from there. Um, kind of develop the, the lay of the land. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he they, knows. Like, he. And, I let Aaron know that the was one like yeah. daily. Yeah. Don't worry about it. He rubs it in. <laughs> it, it really depends, you know, on on where somebody wants to get into it. Again, I'm I'm an instructor by trade, so it's one of those things where I try to get to know somebody and give them analogies of, hey, this is how this works in relation to what you already know, kind of thing. And if I'm gonna bring somebody into the universe nowadays 20 years ago i would have said hey start with decision at thunder, thunder rift now it's like hey start with bonfire worlds bonfire is actually one that i thought of as well right that because because that was my like onboarding basically from my because i stopped reading the fiction around endgame and then 10 years passed and I was like, crap, I need to get back into this. Where do I start? And I started reading all the fiction. I was like, you know what? Bonfire Worlds kind of gave me the big picture type of stuff before we get to Hour of the Wolf or, or you know, other stuff that happened in the Oakland area. So to me, it was like going from Endgame to Bonfire was a 
an easy onboarding for me kind of thing. Just my opinion. And Bonfire, I, that, that was, uh, those were Battlecore. Those were published in Battlecore, weren't they? And then collected into, into a single volume. They were in some way, they were an anthology or something, in some I sort of like way. I feel like they were one book. Wasn't it? Like Steve Monahan wrote that. And yeah, that was all one one serial novel, like Bonfire Worlds. Good lord! <laughs> but but yeah, Bonfire Worlds. Yeah, Bonfire Worlds is where I would I would suggest somebody now to get into the Oakland area if they don't want to go back and read all the other stuff, kind of stuff. That's a good point. That isn't there's is a nice delineation point though. Bonfire Worlds. It is yeah, kind like, of okay. coming out of the dark ages. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, and it oh, and it had it has an audiobook. Yeah, it's got an audio book, yeah. and, and plus you've got like all the different aspects between the the Free World League. You've got the Lyran or Lyran, whatever, however you want to pronounce it these days. Thanks, Trent. Um, <laughs> I think it's Lyrian. You know, <laughs> Lyrian, exactly. You and me, Ken. But, you know, it's got, it, it covers a lot of different aspects. Plus, you've got the whole piece of, I want to say Julian and Calamity are in there as well. Calamity Kel is in there. Yeah, so you and get a little Ju- piece Julian of the, is as well. Yeah, you get a little piece of the Fed Sons, and and so you get probably three quarters of the whole universe going on in Bonfire. So that that's kind of where I kind of steer people that that want to go into the Oakland era kind of stuff. So just my opinion, but I could be wrong. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we've got. <laughs> We got to hear about everybody's <laughs> ideas for the future of Battletech, but we won't take up any more of yours. We'll go ahead and wrap this one up, but we do want to say thank you. Thank you. Really, this was great. By the way, guys, I wasn't sure. I was like, man, you know, we're going to interview all these guys. I, I didn't know how well the, this would go. This was awesome. I had a great time. Thank you so much. Same. Thanks again. Thanks for coming on the show. I hope you guys uh, had fun as well. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Thank you, guys. Oh, I had a blast. Thanks for inviting me. This was fantastic. Um, Fantastic. (laughs) So, this was another episode of Of Mechs and Men. I am Kanan Hill, and I was joined, as always, by my two good friends, Brent and Aaron, and also three members of the Valhalla Club podcast, Mike the Viking, Ben Kleinfelter, and Matt, the Northman, and of course, special guest, Jason Hansa. And again, thank you all so much for joining us. And if anyone hasn't uh, listened to their show before, uh, where can they find you guys? So we are the Valhalla Club podcast is uh, on every major streaming service, whether that's uh, Spotify, Google, uh, YouTube. I'm slowly still catching up on the YouTube side of things because it needs a video file. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're everywhere. So you can also us. email us at, you can also email us at <laughs> <laughs> the Valhalla club at outlook.com. If you want to hit us up, that's the one of the easiest ways to reach us as well as the discord channel, which I know uh, the other OMAM guys often have recently started including in their show notes and whatnot. You can talk to all of us there on the Discord. So that 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 is the place. It's the place. Good job, Mike. 
And Jason Hanza, of course, a prolific Battletech writer, has published uh, multiple short stories dating back, you know, uh, over a decade now. He has stuff in Battlecore, Shrapnel. Check it out. And I'm sure that there's uh, plenty more to come. Again, Mr. Hanza, thank you so much for... Thank you. Um, I can be found on Discord. I lurk around. So, you know, just somebody at me at Jay Hanza and uh, I will appear. And he'll make you cry. <laughs> it is known. At multiple times. <laughs> Wait, why'd you cry? There were there were Sad. there were certain things that happened that caused okay. tears. There, yeah, he told him that he told him that <laughs> clicky tech sucked and he couldn't read good. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> clicky tech Look, is I've, a thing I've, that happened. Let's let I've it go never read and good. move on. Yeah. <laughs> Hansa killed off the April federal holiday. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? Yeah, this let's push why... it, let's push it off onto someone else. I I <laughs> I concur. This is why Hanson and I are like on the same wavelength. <laughs> Before we cut you all loose here, do you have anything you want to plug? Any upcoming events or anything that you're working on? So coming up in January 2024, we've got the Las Vegas Open. So we'll have a bevy of Battletech events occurring, uh, both on the Alpha Strike and the classic Battletech side. You can get details on the LVO 2024 website with tickets for either one day or whole weekend for either of those two Battletech sides, Alpha Strike and Classic. Or you can just check out, come check out... Uh, details on many of the discords out there especially the valhalla club podcast discord you can also just shoot me uh, a message on discord or anything i can give you any of the details and you guys should all come out because then you will see the awesomeness that is turning points helm from mr bourbon yeah what? so uh on the valhalla club discord we're all trying to get together friday and saturday nights and uh trying to get some games of mech warrior online going so uh if you might be into that uh hit us up on the valhalla club discord and hansa do you have anything you would like to plug before uh we head out of here well no i've got some uh, stories in the can i'm hoping to have one in the next shrapnel and then there's some that are in production and i'm really excited to see what the readers think Oh, I'm very excited. If I may, for the month of November, Tommy from Wolfnet Radio uh, Podcast is, he's putting on, at this point, it seems like a slew of uh, events, whether that's in his local community or online, for uh, this charity event he is trying to raise money for. I, as well as Charles Gideon and whoever else wants to join me, uh, we will be hopping in a private voice chat for MechWarrior Online. We'll be playing games, shooting the mechs, whatever happens in MechWarrior Online, and to try and continue to raise more money for this charity event uh, in November. Uh, so keep an eye out through your whatever it is you follow all of us through, whether that's through Discord, Twitter. I know some people... Uh, it it may be shared through Instagram. I don't know. And I've got a plug. Uh, there should be a new Turning Points coming out here. That's oh, awesome. I'll check it out. I don't Please. know when. There'll be in coordination with another product, but uh, concerns the Fedcom Civil War. So check that out. When you say another product, 
<laughs> I, I now have no questions, qu- Mike. No questions. <laughs> I, I have questions. Uh-huh. <laughs> Might it deal with the Kickstarter? Uh, no, no, no comment. I don't know. <laughs> and of course, we have an email advice at heat.management. If you have any questions, concerns, I have a lot of concerns after Please. this episode. <laughs> so many concerns. So <laughs> many. Advice at heat.management. <laughs> Please send them. I will read them. We're on social media, Instagram, Twitter, at of and Men. One word. This is a pleasure again. Yes. And uh, also this concludes the remembrance of Warrior On Guard by Michael A. Stackpole. We will return next episode to begin our discussion of Warrior Repost by Michael A. Stackpole, book two of the Warrior Trilogy. Until then. Till next time. Say la. Say la.